0: Welcome back into another episode of, I almost said Boys on Love Podcast, so I'm going to lie. We are affiliated, but this is The Owen Show. Yeah. I am Owen Burke, joined as usual by Tim Hunt, episode 11, week 11 in the NFL, in the books,
1: correct? Is that right? Yeah. Yes, it is. We line up with them exactly. I so. always
0: second guess myself if we're like covering the week yeah, with yeah. our episode. Yes, yeah. So we are. We're here. We're going to talk all the week 11 action, a lot of good games, some surprises per usual. Mm-hmm. Nothing's ever a guarantee and there's... No such thing as a as a sure shot.
1: I would say this year has probably been the most interesting year that we've had far as like the games go of like yeah, predictability. Like, yeah, you're like,
0: this game's a wash, this team's winning by forty and right. all of a sudden it's a shootout and then the games are like, that's gonna be like a 45-43 score and it's a low scoring game.
1: This would be the year. It'd be really interesting if they took all of the analysts and compared how many of them predicted what team they predicted in the AFC to be in the Super Bowl oh, yeah. versus which team ends up there because it's oh, been God. completely wild. I feel
0: like even us, each week in week out, I'm like, this is the favorite. No, okay, oh, just yeah. kidding. Those guys suck.
1: Listen, <laughs> we do a podcast. We got to buy into the hype. 100 oh, percent. Better... Yeah, we're gonna ride. We're gonna try to be as level headed as we can, but you got to ride the train. Sometimes. I got to
0: lie. Yeah, we live week to week over here. So yeah. It's, it's hard not to do that in football as well. So, um, no fan questions this week. Nice. Uh, we're going to roll straight into our recap from Week 11 games. So, right. what do we got
1: first? First game we got is the Chiefs versus the Cowboys.
0: Remember when I said, like, a game that's supposed to be a shootout and it's a low-scoring game? Yeah, yeah. This is the game. Highlight it. I have no idea what happened. Yeah. I looked at the end score, and I'm like, what is
1: this? This game This game was pretty pretty wild, to be honest with you. Yeah, 100%. It was not, I don't think, what anyone expected. So. No.
0: I don't think a single person in their right mind. Maybe that dude out in Minnesota in the insane asylum was like, that's a defensive matchup that's for a, sure. Yeah. But other than that, other than that one crazy guy, I don't think anybody predicted a 19-9 final score for either team. Nobody was predict that score was not in the prediction list.
1: I I would the biggest thing that I took away from this is one if you're a Cowboys fan, you're very disappointed. 100%. Because you have to if if I tell you Patrick Mahomes isn't going to throw a single touchdown in this game, you go, "Oh, we win."
0: Oh, this is easy. Yeah, we win by three touchdowns. We
1: win by three touchdowns yeah. and you lost. Like that is the worst feeling. Um I mean, neither defense looked I mean, Amazing, but not neither one of them looked bad either. Yeah,
0: the, the Chiefs defense looked probably the best. It's looked all year. they've they've turned it up the last three weeks. I would right. give credit where credit is due. The Chiefs defense has looked very much improved over the last three weeks. I do think it's a big thing, but here's an issue. Like it, it's a good look for the Chiefs, but it's not great. Like
2: mm-hmm.
0: this is your your defense stepped up. Chris right. Jones had a monster game. Three and a half sacks. Cowboys O-line no was nowhere to be found. But if I'm the Chiefs' offense, looking at this Dallas defense, I'm thinking we need to be putting up. Patty Mahomes needs to throw a touchdown. That's a start, right? Like, and I'm I'm looking to hang at least three or four offensive touchdowns on these guys, and it didn't happen.
1: They ran the ball pretty pretty well, to be honest with you, for yeah. Kansas City, and and that's a weird thing to say because it's so rare to see them run the ball this well. They average 4.8 yards a carry. How many carries do they have? Um 26 in total. Patrick ran the ball seven times.
0: Yeah, I was like, the fact that they ran
1: 26 times is, is pretty rare.
0: That's the rare part
1: to Clyde me. Clyde had 12 carries, 63 yards, a touchdown. Uh, that's kind of really the production that, you know, you need. You need some relief sometimes for Patrick. And and we always say, like, when it comes to those weird games, it was kind of like the Buffalo-Jags game a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. where you're like, man, was it weird. Neither, yeah, neither Both team... these teams look very out of sorts. right. You just have to win those, mm-hmm. right? And the Chiefs won it, right? Chiefs at the end it, of the yeah. day, so you have to be happy with it. The thing that scares me the most about the Cowboys is they are trending down at the wrong time.
0: Yeah, this is – my headline for the Cowboys are like, are you going to finish the year like the Cowboys? The right. Cowboys that I've seen for eight to ten weeks now, or are you going to finish the season like the Cowboys? You know what right. I'm saying? Like I've seen for the last eight to ten years. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah.
1: So you, you want to you wanna peak at the right time and it feels like the Cowboys may have peaked midseason, and you really want to peak later in the season. You want to peak later
0: in the year, and if nothing else, you can't have a drastic drop. And it was a good win last week, but it was the Falcons. Right, right. Give I want to give the 43-3 win a credit where credit is due, but it is the Falcons.
1: I mean, the Patriots just shut out the Falcons. So how yeah. good can the Falcons actually be? Exactly. Uh,
0: so, obviously, with the loss to the Broncos and now the loss to the Chiefs, they have the Raiders next week and the Saints the week after, which – the Raiders aren't a pushover team. They're they're not as good as we have thought they were the last three weeks, but they're not a pushover team in my opinion. Right. And I think the Saints, if they, you know, obviously all, all depending on quarterback play, but nothing else, that's a tough defense right. you have to face. And if I'm Dallas' offense, you're supposed to be the most dynamic offense in the league.
1: You have no excuse. You, you have... A top 10 running back, you have arguably the best wide receiver core in the NFL. Mm -hmm. You have a really solid offensive line. I think they're top 10 in the NFL. So you have everything on the offensive side of the ball that you could ever want.
0: So yeah, When I look at this Cowboys offense versus a Chiefs defense, this simply is not a game that should have ended the way it is. I think every member of that offense should be livid with how they played in that game. I think, and also, they should be upset with themselves more for the Cowboys' defense as well because, again, if I gave you the headline, um, Cowboys hold Patrick Mahomes out of the end zone, you're like, that's a Cowboys win. There's no way that the Cowboys hold Patrick Mahomes out of the end zone and pick him off once and don't win that game. That doesn't happen. So for their defense to play special, hold the Chiefs' offense, which again hasn't looked great all year, but still, anytime you hold the Chiefs' offense to under three touchdowns, it's a win. Right. That is hundred percent a win for your defense. So for for your defense to come out and play well, not great, but good enough to get the job done. I think holding a, an opponent to under twenty one points can usually get the job done.
1: This is this is one of those times in the locker room where uh, if you're not careful and you're you know you're like. You know, we got to play better as a team. And the defense is like, bro. Like, <laughs> I don't know what,
0: I don't know what side of the ball you're playing on.
1: Right, bro, but I don't know right what that. team you're looking on, but you better be looking at that offensive team over there because like we cannot do much more than what we did out no. here.
0: No. Yeah, we held Patrick Mahomes out of the end zone. That's your that's your bullet point right, right there. Right. Yeah. You could definitely hang your hat on that as a defense, I think at this stage. Absolutely. So, I mean, got to bounce back for the Cowboys obviously like I said they have the Raiders next week. Um, another trap it's definitely another trap game in my opinion. Like maybe if, if they don't which I don't think they're going to if they would have won this Chiefs game, I think they probably lose next week. I think they get overconfident, they lose a trap game to the Raiders, but now coming off this loss, we could see them bounce back even better than they, they looked against the Falcons. Falcons which right. is hard to do, but obviously for the Chiefs, consistency you looked at it. I mean, four wins in a row now, trending in the right direction at right. the right time. Yes. Just like you said, they have the Broncos next week. Um, never an easy game, and then the Raiders the weekend. They have three straight divisional matchups. Yeah. They, and
1: honestly, for them, this is their chance to separate. 100%. Get, get hot now, you know, win four, five, six games in a row. And, you know what I mean? You very well could be the. Which is crazy to say that they could be the one seed in the AFC, but it's it's legit a, a possibility. Yeah, they
0: are they are currently on a four game win streak. The next three game or division games, if they stretch this win streak to seven, there's a chance they lock the division up in these next three games. Right, like if if the pieces fall perfectly, which not always do they, right? They could they could lock up the division in the next three
1: weeks. To be yeah. honest, it's it, things are, are definitely looking up for them. Yeah. Um. Next game we got and again, kind of a disappointing game, was the Raiders and the Bengals. Yeah. Um, your love for the Raiders, um, it should be falling, hopefully, at this point. Because it definitely is
0: a little bit, but, I mean, it's hard with with everything that team's been through, it's hard to look at them and be like, you can't, you're can't." you better than that. Right, like. you
1: can't sit here and blame anyone because, man, have they tried to fight through this and, and, and play well, but... Yeah, I mean losing your head coach, losing a star wide receiver, everything they've gone through this season, it's it's gonna be tough to hold it together. And the Raiders normally collapse in the later part of the year anyways. Anyways, I kinda was saying it from the beginning of them. I was like, When is before Gruden got fired, you were? Yeah, I was like, when does the fall come? Because every like if you looked at Gruden's record in September and October, you're like, Wow, this is a really good team. And then you like look, you know, November, October, you're like, man, this team stinks, you know, and that's kind of where they were at. It's a Raiders team that's
0: now lost three straight. Remember, they fired John Gurdon They beat the Broncos and they beat the Eagles, but now they've lost to the Giants, lost to the Chiefs pretty handily, and lost to the Bengals pretty handily as well. So right. definitely a team that's looking for a bounce back as far as the Bengals, a team that needed a bounce back and got one. Uh, I think the thing that I liked the most when I was watching the Bengals play is that I know now that this offense is not a one-trick pony to Jamar Chase. Yeah. I mean, this is probably the first game where he hasn't had a prevalent stat line and really kind of dominated, and they still put up 30 points.
1: Yeah, Joe Mixon balled out. Balled out.
0: 100% um, definitely can play at that level week in, week out. When, when healthy and playing at a high level, he is a top 10 running back in the league. No doubt about it in my mind. For sure.
1: Yeah. Um... Don't have to spend a ton of time on that game. Next game, kind of one of those shocker games of the week was Colts versus Bills. I
0: think the shocker game and the shocking performance as well from an individual player. Jonathan Taylor, uh, 32 carries, 185 yards, four touchdowns, and he had another one through the air, I believe.
1: Um, Again, this is a very similar situation in Buffalo to me that Dallas is going through where you kind of peaked at the right time. We really haven't – it's it's hard to say that Buffalo peaked because they really didn't play up to expectations, you know what I mean, throughout most of this year. Yeah. Even though they were winning a lot of games, I mean, most people would have thought this would have been maybe a two- or three-loss team, and they're already at four losses through the season. So it's, it's hard to say they peaked. They've definitely underperformed for what people kind of thought. Um, I think a lot of people saw Josh Allen taking a big next step, and he's played – well, but he hasn't quite played to MVP I level. I was like, I don't
0: know if he's taking a step forward. I don't think he's taking a step back at all. Right, but I haven't seen the jump. The next And that's level. what
1: everyone was like.
0: He had an MVP year last year, obviously fell short of the award itself. This is the year that he jumps it. Right. And now you're like, big step back, which I called this at the beginning of the year. Um, most players who put up an MVP level season, whether they win the award or not, very rarely do they Take it. the next step forward, or even Carson Wentz, s- or Derek even stay Hart. the same. Yeah, yeah,
1: Lamar. I mean, Lamar played pretty well. He took a step season.
0: back last year. I would say, like, yeah, there yeah. was there's a lot of surrounding factors, but Patty took a step back. Not the year after he won a Super Bowl, but we're seeing it now.
1: Now, right? Obviously,
0: he took a step forward. Didn't win MVP the second year, but he, they won a Super Bowl.
1: It's hard to be great every year in the NFL. That's what it comes down to.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, the for for the Bills. I mean, you're two and three in your last five games, a loss to the Titans, a loss to the Jags, and a loss to the Colts.
1: I got to play the Patriots twice coming up here.
0: They play the Saints next week as well. So, like, they have some stingy defenses. Like, their upcoming schedule is Saints, Patriots, Buccaneers, Panthers, Patriots.
1: Yeah, that's Those
0: rough. are no pushover defenses. Now, I think they'll do well against the Bucks because the one part that's weak in Tampa right now is their secondary, and I right. think that's where Buffalo's going to attack, obviously.
1: That's their strong point right now, for But
0: sure. at the same time, with as good as the run defense is and how bad the run offense is usually in Buffalo, if this game gets turned one-dimensional and, and Tampa's schemed right, they could take – Is this
1: in Tampa or is this in Buffalo? It is in Tampa. See, and that's see. This is one of the underrated, and so it's in December. I'm guessing. Yeah, it's December 12th. So this is the this is the hard part for a lot of people to understand too. Is Western New York in December? You know, you're looking at 30 degree days, 20 degree days. I mean, depending on the part, you know, sometimes it's 10 degrees Mm -hmm. and below, so it can be really cold. And then you flip them, you know, into Miami, into the later part, or, or sorry, Tampa Bay. It's going to be warm. Mm -hmm. So they're going to go from the frigid cold to down south where it's warm and there's humidity and things like that. That's always a tougher game than people realize it's going to be.
0: Because it's change. That's the thing. Josh Allen gets used to throwing in the cold air. All of a sudden, now the ball's jumping a little bit more. Right. It's a little bit warmer outside. It's not dying out of the air like it usually is a practice.
1: And you can see some overthrows and things like that. This is how Miami used to always get New England. Mm-hmm. Like once a year, we'd play You know, once every couple of years, we'd play them in like you know December down in Miami, and Brady would just have no idea what yeah. was going on because the Miami it's so miracle hot. happened right. down in Miami. Obviously, yeah, it's 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 always tough when these Northeast teams head south that late in the season especially you know what i mean in florida yeah
0: so i mean they they do end the year with the falcons and the jets so but again like as much as those are good like tune up games mm-hmm. i think you want to be tested for the playoffs so they I mean they've gotta win some games, obviously. You're thinking they're gonna win the last two probably. Yeah. Which puts them at eight and four total, but it's a very brutal five game stretch in between it's, before they it's get to the It's not easy
1: two. coming up. So I mean this is this is the test for Josh Allen. Can you can you put a franchise on your back? Can you be the guy that carries this team?
0: Yeah. And as far as Jonathan Taylor, obviously we're gonna talk about him a little bit later on.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but for the Colts, I mean, you can't be happier. This yeah. is a game that no one thought you really had a shot at winning. This is one of the people were thinking i mean they slow down the run make Carson Wentz throw the ball and you beat the Colts that's how that is the formula but they couldn't stop the run
1: i i've been big on the Colts for a while now i can't remember it was like 3 or 4 weeks ago somebody asked me who who the best teams with a losing record were and i said the Colts you look at this roster and talented they're really really talented and their only weak point is is their their quarterback dependent right Carson Wentz doesn't need to come out and play amazing, but he needs to come out and not make mistakes. Right? I
0: mean, he went out and threw eleven for twenty for one hundred six yards, of touchdown, no no picks. Right, and they won. They put up forty one.
1: Right. You don't need you don't need him to win you a game. You need him to not lose you a game. Yeah. This reminds me, what this Colt team reminds me of is San Francisco a couple of years ago with mm-hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo, where they're not going out there and asking Jimmy Garoppolo to win games. They're asking, hey, Jimmy, just don't lose us this game. Yeah. And that's kind of what the Colts feel like they're building towards. Yeah. And Carson Wentz is a, a, a good quarterback, I Much would say. Much more talented than Jimmy Garoppolo is. Yeah. so where
0: I think if you ask him in the right spot and he's not asked to do it all the time, I think he can make the
1: play. Yeah, he played a lot of that hero ball. I mean, it was, what was it? I think Summit? that's what killed him in Philly. Yeah, is is it just caught up with him eventually. Yeah. So
0: It looks real good until it's not working anymore.
1: I, I like the Colts as a sleeper team. I mean, you got watch to the, watch them sneak in, and if they sneak into the playoffs as a seven seed, that's not an this easy is, out. That's, this is not a team that I want to run into. Right, yeah. Uh, They've got a lot of talent, a stout defense, a really good offensive line, a great running offense. Like, no, this, I mean,
0: They're they're, they're four points against Tennessee away from having a a six-game win streak right now. They they won two, lost by a field goal to Tennessee 34-31, and they've ripped a three-game win streak since then. Yeah. And two of those being the Jets and the Jags, obviously, but... Talented teams right there. I mean, the Jags beat the Bills. They were coming off a win against the Buffalo Bills going into that game against Indy.
1: And if you look at the Colts' schedule here, I mean realistically, your hope is to get two upsets. so you've got the Bucks, the Texans, the Patriots, the Cardinals, the Raiders, and the Jags, right mm-hmm. So let's say they can win one or two of those games against the Bucks Patriots and Cardinals and win every other game that you're supposed to you know this that'd put them at nine and seven you know I think if,
0: if you slip a game that puts them at 10 wins, I think because they think they win the three. They win oh, the yeah, Raiders, right.
1: so yeah, that puts them at ten and seven, right there. I, I said nine and seven because I am just so used to sixteen it's, games; it's so weird. Yeah. It's gonna take forever for me to adjust to that. Ten and
0: seven has a chance to win them the division
1: at this point. It really does, yeah. Like I wouldn't don't don't count these guys out just yet. Um, I,
0: I definitely do not think that's a smart thing to do with number twenty eight running the ball. I'll yeah. tell you that much.
1: I mean, I don't know if it wins them the division. It's gonna be tough, but I mean, they're not that far behind. I mean, I if if you ask me, a Pittsburgh. Oh, Pittsburgh's in the eighth seat, so they're out. But you know, I mean, right now it's Buffalo Chargers right there. I mean, I don't know, I don't know how legit those teams are. So yeah. All right, next game. Oh,
0: are the so the the Bills are in the wild card right now?
1: Yeah, because that so that so there's lost. a new
0: team atop the AFC East currently. Oh, there is. Oh my goodness! Yes. I didn't know that they had officially taken the division yet.
1: Oh, they did. Oh, they, we're going to talk pl- about them. They played one more game. So,
0: okay, they have uh, the Bills haven't had their bye week yet, or no, the Patriots, Patriots haven't, haven't
1: had their bye, bye week yet. yet. Yep. Next game we got is Vikings versus Packers. Another one of those just odd games out there. Um, a little surprised to see Minnesota play the way that they had. Um, I've got I've got a Kirk Cousins and pump the brakes talk there, but I mean again, this is another team that you look at it at a paper because. You've got a, a really good wide receiving core. You've got a top five back. You've got an okay ish offensive line, and you have a
0: defense that's proven hasn't played well, right? But we know that it's extremely talented. They're well coached. Yeah, it should be a good defense.
1: Yeah, which
0: means a solid you know ten games. You're going to have a good defense. The other seven, you might not.
1: And the sad part is, is Rogers balled out. Like had an
0: animal game. Yeah,
1: he he like after last week, he didn't play that well because of that toe. I think is what was bugging him. Or Which something. is, it's,
0: I think it's still bugging him to this day. Day,
1: but he that man went out there and put his heart out on the line to 385 win three eighty five
0: and four touchdowns, not a single interception thrown. Devontae Adams had a good game. Obviously, Valdez Scanling being back in the lineup is huge. His ability to take off the top of that defense. Yeah. Um is huge, and, and it really it, it should have won Green Bay the game. But, yeah, it's very rare to see 341 and three touchdowns from Kirk Cousins as well. Definitely a career day. I
1: don't know, man. I don't know.
0: I don't know if it's rare, but we're going to talk about him later.
1: It wasn't on primetime. That's why it went so well.
0: That's true. If this is a Sunday night game,
1: no way. Done. done no for. shot.
0: Yeah, Justin Jefferson had an animal game as well. Um this is those, this is, when it comes to, especially in the division, this is the game where you look back and you're like, that's what made, that's why we made the playoffs. That's why we won the division. It's games like this. Well you got to grind those ones out.
1: I See, here's the thing. I think if you're Green Bay, you look at this game, you're going to go, this is why we weren't the one seed. And if you're Minnesota, you're going, this is why we're a wild card seed. Yeah. I, I don't, by any means, I don't think the Vikings are going to overtake the Packers.
0: I don't think so either. But
1: if anything, they're putting themselves in a really good position for one of those wild card spots in the NFC. Because mm-hmm. um, Lord knows the NFC is wide open past the top five. And it, and it puts Minnesota in the sixth seed right now which Minnesota needed the win. Obviously they did beat
0: LA last week. They beat the Chargers by 7, but two brutal one-score losses. They lost by 4 to the Cowboys and the Ravens by 3 the week the two weeks prior to prior. those two wins. So, I mean, this is a team that if you score an extra touchdown in both of your games, this is a probably a 7 and 5 football team if I had to guess. So, or not 7 and 5, but they'd be 7 and 3. Yeah, at this point, you know. So, Definitely a team that it, that's always been the problem in Minnesota. They either can't win the big game, they can't win a primetime matchup, or they just they lose every game that just, they should win.
1: Yeah, they're just not consistent enough to get through. They can't yeah. finish the game.
0: So, is that our games for this week?
1: That's our that's every game I wanted to cover. So,
0: all righty, headlines for this week Jason Garrett officially out as the offensive coordinator in New York. Freddie Kitchens is supposed to be – he's currently their tight ends coach. He is their interim OC now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll talk a little bit more about the Giants in my cold take. Um, okay. This is – a wise man once told me um, – I had to look and make sure I said it right. But okay. even if you polish a turd, it's still a turd. Yeah. I don't think the Freddie Kitchens is much of an upgrade. We saw what he did in Cleveland. Wasn't super blown away i'm confused
1: by the move i i'm so glad you brought up that analogy because i have a great analogy for this what's that so when you get up for the morning you mm-hmm. poop before you shower right yeah 100%. do you ever get out of the shower and then go oh, man i gotta i didn't finish that poop and then finish that poop
0: like i def that definitely ruins your day like i try to avoid it at all costs but every once in a while it's gonna happen it's yeah. gonna happen right you're gonna get
1: slept while. and then tomorrow, you kind of right? gotta like restart right mm-hmm. like you gotta and then you like poop again and then maybe shower again depending yeah on how bad you're the like or was. or
0: you just try to live with it and it really it it sticks in your head like right. halfway to work you're like god i just don't feel right this is right this now.
1: has ruined my day that's exactly what this feels like you you poop and then you shower and then you have to poop again like yeah. you're like what are you doing yeah 100%. you didn't change anything yeah
0: i said this is one of the scenarios where you don't have time to hop back in the shower you're just gonna have to live with it you live with it you right. gotta live with it for another you're rocking what, six it. games yeah. now so uh, i don't know um i've never been a huge freddy kitchens guy at all um my my analogy for him when he when when he was in Cleveland, remember they had the huge offseason. Mm-hmm. They bring in Odell Baker's there, top five O line. Kareem Hunt signs. I was like, they had a two hundred dollars stake worth of an off season, and then they just threw ketchup right on top of it. Ketchup is like, Freddie. Kitchens. Kitchens is Freddie Kitchens is our guy, and you're like, what are we doing?
1: I get not wanting to lose him as your OC in that situation. What? Because he did he, he did a really good job as the interim head coach, but. Mm-hmm. I mean, man, you just can't give a guy with that little experience. You know what I mean? Yeah. He called plays for one season, and then he became the head coach. It was just a reach. Yeah, 100%.
0: And it feels it feels obviously a little less of a reach now having head coach experience, but still there there's talks of them cleaning the entire coaching staff out at the end of the year. So, like, this is a spot where if I'm Freddie Kitchens, I don't know if I want this job because they may clean you out at the end of the year just because you were part of the offense.
1: Right. At this point. Well, in this – this, This situation reminds me of the Seahawks last year when the Seahawks fired Brian Schottenheimer halfway Mm. through the season because they started off the season great. And then, like, the last, like, middle four or five weeks of the season, they kind of started to decline. Yeah, it was so, the
0: Russell Wilson was playing really good and their defense couldn't. And then their defense turned it up and then the offense went cold. Cold, right. Yeah.
1: And, and that's kind of what this feels like because Garrett had Daniel Jones kind of balling out the first four weeks. First he, four weeks. Like, I remember I talked about him as an Offensive Player of the Year candidate. Yeah, he was playing really well. And then they kind of went cold. And now they're bringing in Freddie Kitchens, and I don't think it's going to change anything. I
0: I don't think that's the move that lights the fire. Right. I I don't see Freddie Kitchens as the one that sparks the offense. But who knows?
1: Maybe. I've been wrong before. I mean, he's got a connection with young quarterbacks, so never say never. Fair enough. Um, Speaking
0: of quarterbacks, Mm -hmm. Taysom or I guess possibly a quarterback, we'll see. Uh, Taysom Hill signs his new deal with the Saints. It is possible he will get up to $94 million on this contract. So the whole like four year possible hundred sixty million dollar deal. Right, this is all a very confusing situation. Mm-hmm. This is a one of a kind contract, but Taysom Mills is a one of a kind player. True, uh, we've never seen a guy do anything like he's done, and the multiple facets that he brings to this team. So he's it's guaranteed twenty two and a half. He will get twenty two and a half million guaranteed for sure. Um, Will be paid $40 million for his current role. Now, if he blossoms into the starting quarterback, James isn't the guy, Trevor Simeon's not the guy, and don't draft anybody, mm-hmm. he becomes the starting quarterback and he plays well, he'll get the $94 million at that point. Okay. So so you're looking at $40 million for a wide receiver slash tight end slash running back slash quarterback slash special teamer, or $94 million for your quarterback. Which, if you're playing at a high level, that's a steal of a deal as Four a Four-year deal? Four-year deal, yeah. Okay.
1: That's not... That's pretty cheap. It's it's very weird.
0: Now at the low end, I think as long as you're using him, I think the forty million dollars is well spent. To be one hundred percent honest with you, right? Um, now if he becomes dormant in your offense or he's injury, like if Sean Payton gets fired, this contract sucks because I don't know if the next guy's gonna you know use him as make, well.
1: I I still don't like the contract. They keep the Saints keep making moves like they're in win now mode. Yeah. And or that they have money
0: to spend, and they, they have neither.
1: And they they don't have... E- they're not in a great situation cap-wise. They're not... I mean, last year they went. They didn't. They had to cut players and like renegotiate just to be able to sign their draft class. I was like, yeah, just
0: to break even. Like, yeah, I remember seeing a TikTok at the end of last year that was like, "Here's what the Saints can do to get out of salary cap hell." And it was like, cut Quan Alexander. They did that. They were mm-hmm. like, restructure Demario Davis, restructure Marshawn Lattimore, restructure Alvin Kamara. Cut this guy. Cut that guy. Trade these two guys away. Right. And they're like, after these sixteen moves, they will be even, like dead even. And I right. was like, that's insane. Vanity. Yeah, and it's true. I mean, they did it. Like they're close to getting executive of the year just for like staying afloat at this point. Well, so
1: they're they're using the cheat of where they're pushing money down the road. Yeah, that's why every season they're playing from behind coming into the off season is you can push, you can like move signing bonuses like down the road or something like that. Yeah. So they keep moving all this guaranteed money for these guys down the road. So it's like It's just gonna
0: screw you later
1: on. Later on, right. So eventually you either have to say blow it all up or even at the high end, fully healthy, I
0: this like maybe this team is a Super Bowl contender, but they are the the lowest end. They're at the if you were to list all the teams that could contend for a Super Bowl, they're like the the eighth or ninth team on the list. The
1: problem is is so what they have is a race car body mm-hmm. with no engine.
0: Yeah. Like That's Trevor
1: Simeon, Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill. It's like so – even Jameis on his best day is right. not the strongest engine in the world. You don't you don't look at that engine and go, Yep, that's gonna win you that's gonna win you a race. That's gonna go out and win you the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. That's the problem is the paint's really pretty, the body's really pretty, all the engineering, oh wow, it's super slick, super yeah. good looking, and then you're like Wait, why is there a Prius hybrid engine? Yeah, in this they thing? spent
0: $300,000 on the framework, and God, it looks good in a photo shoot. But, but they
1: ran out of money to put the motor in. Yeah, like, that's, that's my problem with the way the Saints are going right now. I mean, if you're a Saints fan, you know, it's going to sell tickets, it's going to keep people holding on for hope. But yeah. yeah, I don't fully understand this at all.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Um, the other deal I didn't mind as much, the one that he was, I thought he signed, but apparently they didn't. Or I don't know what happened with the last one because like mm-hmm. it was like 12 million guaranteed and they were like, it was basically almost all incentive based. So it was more money. I but,
1: don't think neither him or Jameis were signed through next year. Yeah. They were See, only signed remember, through this year.
0: There was season. a, there was a, I thought there was a contract that came out last year that was like four years, $160 million, but it was very, it was also is like this, one of a kind.
1: Depends what position he's playing
0: for the snap percentage.
1: It had a it had an option. It had a kicker on it. It had an option after okay. one year that they didn't have to pick if he wasn't the guy. Okay, which I, I mean they
0: didn't have a chance to decide this year really.
1: Yeah, so I don't think I don't think they were gonna pick it. Pick it up was the thing. That's fair enough. Thanks. I could be wrong on that, but I that think-
0: makes sense to me. It makes more sense than what I knew before you said that. So we'll go with it. Uh, Philip Lindsay cut in the Texans' crowded backfield. I don't know who's crowding him, but that's the headline that I read. Hmm. Um, he hasn't done well. He hasn't played well. If you look at just his production this year, obviously not going to be a guy that probably keeps a roster spot. Like I said, I'm kind of confused on who's crowding the backfield at this point, considering that they also traded Mark Ingram back to the Saints. But... Um, he definitely becomes a very interesting waiver add. I think if you're any team with a decent offensive line to run the ball, he was Obviously, on a
1: minimum contract, right?
0: He was close to it, I believe. Okay. So, I mean, they have David Johnson, Rex Burkhead, and Royce Freeman, which yeah, three years ago, that's a pretty damn good running back room.
1: I mean, their running back room going into the season was kind of nuts. It was
0: yeah, I mean, because you had those three guys at red plus Mark Ingram and Philip Lindsey. I was like,
1: you had four third down backs yeah, on the roster. Hundred percent. Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah, yeah.
0: So they moved to now. Um, obviously, Baltimore has been the team that's talked about with their running back issues. I
1: like Philip Lindsay a lot. I I've, do too. I've always liked Philip Lindsay. I feel like Denver didn't get a fair shake because he got replaced by Melvin, Melvin Gordon, Gordon coming in.
0: Which I don't know why they did. That that was the perfect, like it was the perfect story because remember James Conner had his whole thing in Pittsburgh. He went to Pitt, drafted by Pittsburgh in the third round, was great. Lost his juice. They let him go. He's in Arizona, and now he's one of the league leaders in t- rushing touchdowns this year. Yeah. And then to me, that story, it wasn't better because James Conner, obviously beat cancer and everything on in his, in college and everything. But like Philip Lindsay goes to Colorado, goes undrafted, picked up by the Denver practice squad and was a pro bowlers rookie year as right. an undrafted free agent. One of the most like, and was wearing number 30, like Terrence Davis, like was getting all these respects from Broncos, hall of famers. You and mean then Trell Davis. Terrell Davis. What did I say? Terrence. I was like Terrell Davis. Yeah. Talking about. We both have an issue with like messing up guys' names in the middle (laughs) of just
1: just slightly, just enough. Okay.
0: So I mean, we're in thirty. Like that means a lot to me. I'm not a Broncos fan at all, but like that's that's like it's a cool it's a cool link. Patrick Queen came in, and I can't say Reed Lewis. I can't put Terrell Davis on that level, but it's you know what I'm saying. There's some weight. Yeah, 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 yeah. So so the fact that he got bounced from Melvin Gordon was surprising in the first place. I he would automatically come in and have probably the most juice of any running back in Baltimore's backer at in their at back this field. point, right? Devonta Freeman did have a career game last week, but again, I mean, Lindsey was one of the better runners on zone run plays, and that is Baltimore's playbook. They they are a zone run team.
1: I don't understand, and I think this is an issue in the NFL. It's like. Okay, you're Jacksonville. Why are you going and getting Travis Etienne in the first round when you have a Pro Bowl-level guy in James Robinson there? Oh, a guy around. that
0: went undrafted and run for 1,600 yards as rookie and year. you're not
1: paying these guys anything. I know they're on short contracts, right? Like, since they're not first-rounders, they're not on, like, the five-year deal the five or whatever. five-year deals, yeah. But still, you're paying them nothing. Just use it while you can, and then hopefully you can get them to sign, like, a mid-level deal. Like, it makes no sense. And
0: again, me. the whole – the ETN pick had, like – to me, that is I took Trevor Lawrence and Trevor Lawrence wants E. T. N. And like and it depends on how he approaches me about it. If right. he's like, I really kind of want ETN at this pick, and and if you want it, like, that's a personal decision at that point. Now, if Trevor Lawrence came up to me and was like, Take E. T. N or I'm not playing for you, like there's a whole another set of problems. I don't think I Trevor Lawrence
1: there. is that kind of guy, but it's not the connection a running back to quarterback connection isn't like like you go get Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. If he yeah. comes up and says, Hey, If Jamar's there, it would be really awesome to have him. You go get him because that connection is, you know what I mean, second to none.
0: Etienne, obviously, like, I agree with you, the wide receiver quarterback, which Etienne being a receiving back, I think it's more than most running backs at that point, but I would agree with you still. Right. Like, like, what is a
1: receiving back worth? Like, you know what I mean? I mean, obviously not much. What's his comp, James White? Yeah, you know, I like don't. is that is that the high end who's going to be? I was like
0: the high end would be obviously Christian McCaffrey, but that's the unrealistic high end. Yeah, I, he's
1: not like the I same I kind of runner. No, that's that's the problem.
0: Yeah, and obviously now being hurt, Jacksonville is struggling. The offensive line's not great. I don't know. They definitely could have went somewhere else with the pick. Yeah, but Lindsey on waivers, I wouldn't be surprised. Honestly, he got picked up on the waivers. His contract's not terrible. Uh, We'll see if anybody on the waiver order picks him up. If not, I think he'll definitely be on a practice squad by week 12. Oh, at least. Yeah. 100%. Last headline. This is a rumor that's been swirling. Obviously, it's been a rumor that's been swirling since he named Andy Dalton the starter in week one. Um, The rumor is that Matt Nagy will be fired after Thanksgiving, regardless of the outcome of the game. (laughs) The rumor, obviously, the big rumor is if you lose to the Lions, you're done. I think well, you have a, to be. That's a pretty fair. That's a rumor, benchmark but for getting fired. The, the other rumor is that win, lose, draw. Um, Justin Field or Andy Dalton throws for six hundred yards. Mm-hmm. You are canned on Friday. Really? Yeah. Why
1: do, is, Why are they waiting till after? Oh, because it gives them a longer week to kind of bring in whoever.
0: I I guess at that's, this point. That's what I've read that. Somewhere. Maybe they just don't want to fire him before Thanksgiving. They're well, just like, we'll keep you. Till well, the end so of the most week.
1: of the time, so if you fire him on Thursday, so like let's say you fire him Friday, that gives the next head coach two extra days that he normally wouldn't have to kind of prep, come in and take control and do all of that kind of stuff. True.
0: Which, I don't know. Like if I was. If I was Nagy and I've heard these rumors now, again, he denied them.
1: Mm-hmm. He
0: said, I have no idea. This is it's not a true report. Now, because if I was Matt Nagy and and the the Bears are like, listen, we're firing you on Friday, I'd be like, I'm going to go spend Thanksgiving with my kids.
2: Right. Find a new head
0: coach for, for Thursday. I won't Peace be Peace out. Yeah, yeah. like Which probably doesn't look good on your resume going forward, but I don't think anybody could really blame you if they told you before. Nagy
1: me. at this point is going to have to go in – and do a repair job of be an OC, have good success if he yeah, wants to do a Very, job. very
0: good OC for a sustained amount of time.
1: I well. really this is my ideal situation, okay? <laughs> Brian Dayball, the OC for Buffalo, gets a head coaching job. They bring in Matt Nagy you reunite Mitch Trubisky with Matt Nagy. <laughs> or, you ready? Here's another wild one. That'd be the preseason squad of the year. I'll tell you that much. Matt Nagy goes to a team with no quarterback, right? Um, mm. Like Washington. Okay. As their OC. That team trades for Mitch Trubisky to bring him back <laughs> and revitalize. That's even us. better in my opinion. Right? Like Get the, Trubisky a starting job. Get Trubisky. His second, his second breath in his career is oh. with Matt Nagy as his OC. And he goes... Well, what the fuck? I did all this work in Buffalo. Hey, man, there though. might be an
0: OC job in New York by the end of the year. Matt Nagy dumps Daniel Jones and brings in Mitchell Trubisky. Brings in Mitchell Trubisky. That's <laughs> uh, uh, it's fantastic. But, I mean, obviously, there's been talks of the Nagy firing. We knew he was on a hot seat coming into the year.
1: This is no surprise. Yeah,
0: not a surprise at all. Honestly, I'm kind of surprised it didn't happen earlier. Yeah. So... Uh, Before we hop into our hot and cold for this week, a quick word from Houston-based company Exotic Pop. They are known worldwide as the Unique Beverage Boutique, offering rare and hard-to-find flavors of beverages and snacks that are sourced from all over the globe. Exotic Pop promotes creativity and individuality and a distinctly positive moment for pop culture as it draws legendary entertainers as well as soda connoisseurs together for a greater purpose. From hits like the Wu-Tang pineapple soda to rare snacks like Dunkaroo cereal, Exotic Pop is your one-stop shop for all the goods. So, with our hot and cold, do you want to start this week or do you want me to?
2: Um,
1: I
0: don't know. What are we doing? We're not really sure. Hmm. Well, I mean, we kind of t- did. We took. Well, I mean, I kind of left with the Giants before the ad.
1: So yeah, yeah, yeah. Take you. You go first. You go first. Okay.
0: So obviously, I'm going to talk about the Giants here. My cold take this week. I think Dave Gettleman is done uh, for the New York Giants. I think just about every sign has pointed this for a while now. the The question that is left is: Does Joe Judge remain? And if Joe Judge doesn't remain, how much of his staff then remains? So. Um, it's been long talked about that Gettleman was going to be fired. Uh, his, his draft history isn't great. Free agent history isn't great. Um, when you look at the signing of Keddy Galladay, spending $72 million on a wide receiver this offseason, um, and then their last two first-round picks one of those three guys has caught a touchdown, and it wasn't Kadarius Tony. It's Andrew Thomas. Right. So I saw that. That's uh, that's alarming. The fact that you spent two first-round picks—one on a tackle, one on a wide receiver—and the tackle caught a touchdown first. Right. But on top of that, he's played better this year. I'll give Andrew Thomas that. But he has not looked good up until this point. That was that he was a bust and a half before this year. Um, and the I, touchdown obviously doesn't fix that. He's picked up his level of play on the field at the tackle position.
1: I I'm very close to the point where I think New York Giants just do a hard reset. So Dettel, Gettleman's out, Judge's out, and then you get rid of Daniel Jones and you rebuild the team from the ground up. Um, I just I think they're I think they're to that point. I don't know if anyone's shown enough.
0: I was like, who are you playing for? Right, Saquon can't stay healthy. James Bradbury's looked good, but it's been a one-year run. He hasn't looked as good this year. Leonard Williams is a big, like... You can't give him not enough money because he is very good, but he's not good enough to get a lot of money. Money, right. So that's that's usually the guy that you overpay statistically on your defensive side of the ball, on the defensive line. Mm-hmm. And then outside of that, Evan Ingram. I have a pass-catching tight end that can't catch a pass. Can't catch a that's pass. That's an issue. Yeah. I spent $72 million on Kenny Galladay, who's been hurt and has not caught a touchdown for me.
1: Here's Tony has shown flashes of why he was a first-round pick. Yeah, but but I spent a first-round consistent. pick on him, and my offensive coordinator and my head
0: coach are not getting him the ball enough because he's not a guy that he's not going to dice you up route running wise he does have break the way you know breakaway speed to take the top off but i don't know if daniel jones can put a deep ball down there he's a guy that i get the ball in a short yard situation bubble screen jet sweeps slant routes out routes and let him make a play that is the easiest throw for daniel jones to make as well this is a win-win situation i don't know
1: why i'm not seeing more of it you want to know who i think is a weird fit for this job hmm And Shea might love or hate this, but I think Dan Mullins. Wow. I I think he's one of those guys that maybe you take away the stress of having a recruit at the college level. Mm -hmm. You let him in and you draft a quarterback that's going to work for him. So you kind of got to get a guy who can.
0: They just draft Emory Jones.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they just run it back. (laughs) Because he loves
0: Emory Jones for some reason. Um, I don't know
1: why. Yeah, you, you, you get him a quarterback that he's going to be able to scramble with, run his offense. Because mm-hmm. I think we're getting to the point where just because you failed in college doesn't mean you're not going to work in the NFL.
0: Like, yeah, because how, how often has a good college, college football coach translated well to the NFL or vice versa? Right. Like Jim very... Harbaugh translated well back, which, I mean— Yes. They've done well this
1: year. I didn't want to get down that path, but yeah. I'm not Harba- gonna, I don't Jim, want to dive down that path yeah, either. Yeah, Jim has we'll be been a better coach than Michigan fans think because they're so delusional about how good they think their program is. Very true. But I think Cliff Kingsbury is the prime example failed at Texas Tech. He got fired from his alma mater. Yeah. That's really hard to do, right? Like, they really want you to succeed there. And honestly, I mean, he was... He's
0: been brought up as a head coach. Yeah. And he's succeeding. He succeeded. They, they were the one seed for a good. They started 7-0. and Didn't have a bad year last year with Kyler Murray. Um, and like, look at Nick Saban. He came up. Did not work out. Went back down. Now he's the greatest college football coach of all time. time right. He's very good at LSU. Very solid head coach. And a guy that's kind of a top candidate for sure. Goes to the NFL. Flops out. Goes to Alabama. And just his Alabama resume alone yeah. puts him into the Hall of Fame.
1: I think I think he would have stayed in the NFL if he didn't have to play Bill Belichick twice.
0: It definitely doesn't help your chances at all. Well, they were
1: friends. Yeah. So he was the D.C. in Cleveland. Cleveland. Yeah. Yep. So there's like a lot of connection with those guys. So I think he would have stayed if he didn't have to play his friend all the time. Yeah. That
0: would, I can see that. That would make sense. I think he would have stuck it out longer at least. To give it a shot,
1: but don't sleep on Dan Mullins this year. I'm calling. I'm calling that shot now. But I, it seems
0: like a Giants thing to do. You're like, oh, that coach got fired mid-year. Right? That seems like a guy I want to run my team. Like,
1: and he feels like a New York guy. Like the Giants always hire these quiet. You know what I mean? Joe Judge has kind of been the outlier when it comes to that. He's a little bit outspoken and things like that. Where, I mean, for the most part, Dan Mullins seems like a between the lines kind of guy.
0: Yeah, like. I the the Adam Gase hiring for the Jets, the Judge hiring yeah, for the Giants, Jesus. I'm like...
1: I don't think Judge was that bad of a hire. He
0: hasn't been... I uh, Like, I remember remember early on, I don't even know if the season had started yet, the Giants get a huge scuffle at practice, and he was livid. Guys mm-hmm. are running, he's screaming, the like the maddest anybody players or coaches or family has ever seen Joe Judge. Mm-hmm. That guy I was like that's the guy that needs to break the New York Giants into a winning record. And yeah. I honestly like unless unless you're fully content on like you know that this guy is the guy and he's going to sign here, I might hold on to Joe Judge for another year. But I, the only issue is, is if you sign on for one at this point in time, you're probably signing up for another 3. Because they're probably going to reset at quarterback and you never want to draft a QB, have him with a coach for a year, a la Justin Fields is going to have to deal with this, is get a second head coach in your second year in the NFL.
1: My rule of thumb is if you're going to fire a head coach, the question you should ask yourself, is he going to get hired back the same year?
0: Jojo's probably not as a head coach.
1: Not as a head coach, no, no. And no shot. So like if the answer to that is no and you're already questioning it, that's kind of your answer. Yeah. Right? Ron Rivera in Carolina got he got picked up immediately. Pretty quickly after, yeah. Um, I mean, that that's a long list of guys who get head coaching jobs pretty much immediately after. Mm-hmm. But um that's kind of your answer. And if the answer is like Matt and Aggie won't Get hired right away. You know what I mean. There's a not lot a of head guys. coach. Maybe as an OC, but not a head coach. Not a head coach. Like if the answer is no, and you're thinking about firing him, you're probably a safe bet. You know what I mean. So now, if,
0: if this was a year earlier, and and Daniel Jones still has a year left on the contract, you're not 100 percent sure about him. Judge probably stays on for next year. There's no need to reset with a new head coach without having the. I think
1: Daniel Jones has got one more year.
0: Which I might I might hold on to Joe Judge for another year at that point, just because I. I don't know what the benefit is of bringing another quarterback because at that point he was the
1: year after Baker and all those guys, right? I believe so. Yes, because that going, was the
0: the Haskins year. I don't know who the top five was that year. It though.
1: was it was Haskins, Jones. Oh, there was another quarterback taken. Um, I don't think any quarterback that year has been good. But I think I think they're going into their fourth year, so he's got one more year, and then they can pick up the option.
0: Yeah, which which he was drafted. What was it?
1: Jones was drafted like 8th or 7th something like I that. I was like
0: I think it was 6th, I want to say. And
1: Haskins went 15 to Washington.
0: Yeah. Which again, that was a a, a pick where I was like steal the draft. This kid's going to be stud. And I if he would grow up, I do think that Dan Dwayne Dwayne
1: Dwayne. Dwayne. You got that right? Is it? Yeah, it's Dwayne Haskins.
0: Dwayne Haskins, yeah. I don't know why that sounded so wrong when I said it. Kyler Murray was pick one that year.
1: That's yeah. So, I was like, there was someone good in that class. Yeah, yeah
0: Dwayne Haskins is a, another guy. I, you see him throw. Whenever you see a college quarterback throw for five thousand yards, I'm like, there's something here. Like yeah. now, granted, other Ohio State quarterbacks to accomplish that feat or get close to it in recent memory would be Cardell Jones, didn't pan out in Buffalo, yeah. which of course he was a fourth round pick. But yeah, really no one, shot. no one
1: thought much of him. You know who Dwayne Haskins kind of reminds me of hmm. is uh, Jamar, Jamarcus Russell. Marcus Russell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, really talented, really high end, but maybe doesn't have the focus to be an NFL quarterback. Doesn't have the commitment, whatever you want, whatever word you want to use. There. To me, that's
0: the only thing that could stop Dwayne Haskins from succeeding at this. We know, I know how talented he is. Right. You've seen him in college. It's it's all a mental thing at this point. Right. I think if you put Daniel Jones's head in Dwayne Haskins's body, I might be a pretty solid quarterback at the end of the day. Right? Yeah. Um. But. It's just – it's one of those things where the Giants are in a huge lull and they've got to – the thing is you have to be decisive. If Joe Judge is sticking around for another year, you make the decision and you live with it. All right. Don't wishy-washy 50-50. We might fire him. Daniel Jones might. We might draft a quarterback. You make a decision and you live with it. And if it's a bad decision, I would rather live with a bad decision then, like, play this whole 50-50. We drafted a quarterback in the second round, and right. he's going to be the guy for three years, but obviously not, because if he was, he would have been taken to the first round. That's
1: kind of why I thought the Steelers was a perfect spot for Dwayne Haskins. Is they it, had Mason Rudolph there. It just felt like, you know, maybe he'll grow up with Mike Tomlin around. There's been rumors that Mike Tomlin's thinking about cutting him.
0: I was like, if Mike Tomlin can't fix your disciplinary issues, it's over. There's really not. A, he's He is in that.
1: Well, I don't know if I'd say that, because Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown lost their – minds with mike tomlin around so that's true
0: well and also big ben was around too i, I do attribute that to the whole chagrin Chaotic of the ordeal mess. yeah
1: okay we're, we've gotten so off topic there. yeah that was
0: a very long cold take there. cold take
1: there let's jump into the next part
0: hot take of course i'm gonna talk about the ravens because why not i'm biased it is what it is but I do think that this guy needs a little bit more recognition for the work that he's done this year. I think John Harbaugh is, should be at least be discussed about for coach of the year. If not win the award at this point, maybe now I can hundred percent agree with why people would say no, but I'm going to run you through some stats and I want you to tell me. and, And again, one of these stats is very contradictory. He has orchestrated four wins by three points or less. Now, granted, when you're looking at a head coach by you're like that's pretty solid you know you right. got to win those you got to win those battle games that's a huge thing but like when that one of those wins is against the lions you're like okay it shouldn't have been a game that was in 3 points to start with so uh 7 and 3 through 11 weeks in the bye week obviously um lost as many to s- as many as 17 players to ir this year lost seven key players which are starters or very yeah. high end rotational guys um, to season-ending injuries, which last year those those seven players totaled to about 4,100 4, snaps for the Ravens, and that's not including losing a thousand snaps from Orlando Brown at the tackle spot as well to the Chiefs in the off-season. Um,
1: they traded him at the trade deadline last year.
0: Was it at the deadline? I think so. It was it, the it was the off-season because they got it was the picks were set in stone. They were getting pick thirty-one. Oh, back. that's right. You're right. They yes. traded him in the off-season. So right. he played. He played. 1100 snaps for Baltimore last year. So I mean like that adds if you add Orlando Brown to this, we're looking at 5200 snaps that they that he lost in starting. Lamar's missed a week. Tyler Huntley got a big win over the the Bears this last week. So with with guys out, guys hurt, losing guys to in in the offseason, losing guys to offseason injuries, the Ravens are sitting at 7 and 3. Now nowhere near I don't think is this a Super Bowl contender. I don't think they're healthy enough to make a push. I think any healthy pass rush of the postseason is gonna eat the Ravens alive. But for for all the things that have happened to this Baltimore team to still be like seven and three, if I said that the Ravens were gonna start seven and three to start the year, I'm like, that's where they should be. If before all the injuries, this is a team that should be seven and three, if not better. Now, if I list off Ronnie Stanley's out for the year, Derek Wolf, JK Dobbins, Justice right. Hill, all these guys are gone, down for the year, and Lamar's had his sickness and everything. This is a team that should not be seven
1: and three. Uh, the thing I'll say is, is the closest comparison would be Mike Tomlin last year when he w- still went like nine and eight with Duck Hodges. They went and eight and
0: eight with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph, yeah.
1: The problem is, is you still have your core piece intact, and they didn't lose anyone that you would go, wow.
0: Ronnie Stanley was the wow one. To the me. wow one because, right. but well, it also you lose Orlando Brown with that. They had two brand new tackles coming to this year that's true and it was supposed to be Andre Villanueva and it was supposed to be Juwan James Juwan James goes down for the year tears his ACL in training camp and Andre Villanueva has just sucked
1: how much does Lamar cover that up though when you have a guy that can move so well and so quickly right like I feel like that to me is like yeah like Lamar is going to be able to just run his way out of that and it And that's why I feel like at times those games have been close is because Lamar is running. He's had, he's had to.
0: Yes. Right. So, and that's another reason why I don't think this team now, if they get hot at the right time, again, it's all about when you get hot and how hot you get and how long you can maintain it. But this is a team that like, if Ronnie Stanley is healthy, this team, this offense is 10 times better. Yeah. I think having the captain of your own linebacker in a Pro Bowl left tackle who hasn't been healthy in two years.
1: It definitely matters, for sure. It is a
0: huge thing to me. And if nothing else, just a morale boost. Like, yeah. Lamar knowing that that left side is not going to come unglued at any point and knowing that he's going to hold everybody else across that line accountable to where now Kevin Zeitler, who's a free agent ad, is the most experienced guy on our O line at this point. So... Which is not a bad piece. I love Kevin Zidler. He's filled in extremely well. Where did low. he
1: play before? That name the, sounds super familiar. The Giants. The Giants. He's right, right
0: guard for the Giants. He was their one good offensive lineman last year. They let him walk. Yeah. For, I think it was like three years, like $29 million. they're
1: paying some Patriot left tackle like $100 million Are they or still holding
0: Nate Soldier on their roster at this point? I think
1: so. I think he was hurt. I know he was, was in Arizona for a little bit, too. So, oh, I he? don't know. Yeah, okay.
0: he's bounced around quite a bit. Wait, who did I say it was? Nate Soldier, Nate Soldier, Jared Veldhier here played in New England too, didn't he? Is that right? Maybe uh, that's the guy that played in Arizona that I was thinking about. Okay, yeah, I don't, I don't. That, that name doesn't, doesn't ring, ring
1: as much of a bell to me. If but, it doesn't
0: ring a bell to you, then he probably didn't play there. But I don't know. I'm I not, also,
1: I'm not perfect on offensive line, man.
0: I remember J- Jared Veldhier here because, like, he was never like a top ten tackle at all. Okay, he's retired, I think.
1: Okay,
0: um, but like he was like the the guy in Madden that was like an 82 overall, but like would have like 99 so he the strongest tackle in the league. That was always this big thing. So, I don't know why his name stuck in my head, but he did play for the Cardinals, yes.
1: Okay. So. Did he play for the Patriots though?
0: Um, I don't believe so, but okay. let's double check. That makes me feel better. Raiders, Cardinals, Broncos,
1: Packers, Colts. No, okay. he did not. That name didn't ring a bell for me. Yeah. All right. Nate Soldier. <laughs> Nate Soldier. <laughs> okay, the Patriots are winning the AFC East is my cold take. I definitely trending that way at this point, plain and simple. The bills are trending down. The Pats are trending up. I don't think you can ask the Patriots defense to play any better than they played. Mm -mm. If I told you, you traded Stefan Gilmore away and your defense would still be a top five defense. You'd be like, yeah, no way. JC Jackson. I mean, we're going to have to pay him this off season. He's going to get things going to suck. Yeah. He's going to get cornerback one money, but he's earned it this year. He plays so well. And he and he fits the system of what we want to do so well that I love it.
0: And as much as like you did lose Stephon Gilmore, like like I said, with Stephon Gilmore, that's the best trio of corners in the league. And it was it was because you had your one guy. JC Jackson was the best two in the game. Yeah. And Jonathan Jones, who's usually an outside corner, was forming extremely well into the slot. Now they've moved him back to his natural outside spot. They're both playing at a high level. The guy in red sleeves is wrecking quarterbacks in the backfield. Right. Yeah, 54 back in the middle of that
1: defense, and they're playing just like we thought they would. So the Patriots scheme, and it sounds so crazy, is you don't need two great cornerbacks. You need one great and then two good. Mm-hmm. So most of the time the way they play these teams, and and this is like certain situations, is they have their best corner go on their second guy. So, like, they would do this with the Chiefs all the time. So, um well, it wasn't – the Chiefs are a tougher example to explain. Yeah, I,
0: w- I, w- I wouldn't put – do the Packers. Do uh, the the Packers. Packers.
1: So what they would do is, like Alan Lazard, is they would put whoever your best corner is. So you'd put J.C. Jackson one-on-one with him, mm-hmm. and then you double Devontae Adams all day. So that's how they shut down guys. That's is smart. like Your one gets doubled. Your two is locked down with our number one corner. Mm-hmm. So we're able to stick a good corner, a good safety on your, your one option – are great corners on your two option. So now your best hope is you're you're really stretching to like three and four. And
0: and that's the beauty of the Patriots defense the last two years is that you went to your third guy, you went to your slot receiver
1: and Jonathan Jones is sitting right there. Yeah. And he's claving him up too one on one. So they would they would when they would play the Chiefs, they would lock up Kelsey and then double Tyreek. So yeah. Tyreek always had a shadow, a safety shadowing over the top of his routes and the corner would take the under. So it was just it was hell for him. Um, I like the way this team's trending. I, I mean, Mac Jones. It's it's so unfair to compare him to Brady. But realistically, this is what Tom Brady was in his early career. I mean,
0: this is that was it's been the comp since day one. They're right. like
1: the the way they're like, no way. Are we
0: saying he's going to be as good? Does he have the mentality? But like the way he plays football is the way that Tom Brady plays football.
1: They're not asking him to go out and win games now. We didn't ask Tom Brady to ask us win games, and frankly, when we did, it didn't go well for us. We yeah. lost the two Giants Super Bowl. We lost the Eagles. Those were the ones where it was shootouts and and it was a high-powered offense and all that stuff. When we won, it was when our defense played really, really stinking well. 12-9. to I would argue we won one Super Bowl off of our offenses back, and that was the Falcons Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, 100%. There's no way you come back from 28-3 defensively.
2: Right, (laughs) yeah, you can't, right?
1: But every other Super Bowl you look at, it was... Our offense was good in situations, and our defense was great. Now, do you think that takes away from
0: Brady's legacy at all? Because the way you're explaining this, I'm like, what well, sounds like Brady just kind of ran the system it, and and it, won in the rings.
1: It's tough because it's I I think it's a combination of the right coach with the right player. So, and people were so quick last year to be like, "Well, see, it was all Brady and no Belichick," and I'm like. Give a guy a chance, like. Are you kid, looking at the
0: last two weeks? I'm like, it was obviously all Belichick, right? The, yeah, you. The you Bucks at, lost two straight, and they just shut out the Falcons on Thursday Night Football.
1: I think. I think the nice part about Brady, <clears throat> and this is the people thing people forget, he was a six round quarterback. He barely started his senior year at Michigan. He was fighting with this kid named Drew Henson, mm-hmm. who went on to be nothing, nothing, um, <clears throat> an insurance salesman at best, at yeah, something like that. He <laughs> played, bounced out of like A baseball stuff like that. But, so, he, like, he was able to grow and become a better quarterback because there was not as much asthma. There was
0: there was no, not no pressure, but there was little pressure. He filled in for an injured Drew Bledsoe. Right. And he took the reins and never gave him back.
1: So, the problem I have with people being like, oh, Mac Jones, man, his ceiling is so low. Or, you know what I mean? you're like... Brady didn't have a ceiling when he came in. You know what I mean?
0: And that's the age-old thing: is everyone's like, if you could have a quarterback for twenty, years, for fifteen years, and you could pick any quarterback at the rookie year on. Which quarterback could you pick? And not a lot of people would pick Tom Brady because there's not one thing that he does on a football field where like he's the best at that. The best at that, right. You know what Tom Brady does is he wins football games. And the whole Brady-Belichick thing has always been very like frustrating for me because it's almost like it takes more than one guy to win a Super Bowl.
1: Right, yeah. It's almost I, like football's a team sport It's almost like there's
0: 53 guys on my roster, and I have <laughs> 10 to 15 coaches that all attribute to the success of this team. Yeah. Now, again, the NBA – the number is drastically cut down i have 15 players at a max and i mm-hmm. probably have four or five coaches so All i'm looking right. at 20 guys versus like 65 five is a unit and so there rarely ever do you have a quarterback that just single-handedly will win you a super bowl
1: the thing the one thing i'll argue with is there's two things that i think tom brady is the best at and the, the first thing is he's probably the clutchest quarterback in Super Bowl history. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I think I think that's tough to argue. And then the other thing that he's the best at is not losing you a game. Yeah. Very rarely did I watch a game and go, wow, we lost that because of Tom Brady's performance. Yeah. Right? Most of the time it was, you know, you don't get this. You know, it's football. Sometimes, you know, the, the, you don't get the flag that when you need it. you You know, it's situational. Stuff like that happens. Yeah,
0: your receiver popped it up
1: receiver popped it up. They drop it. You know, you can't you can't catch anything in a Super Bowl. Stuff like that happens. Right. Mm-hmm. I never walked away and was like, yep, that was Tom's fault. That if we all, had Aaron Rodgers, we would have won that won game. won that game. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that is the one thing that he does that he never puts you in a situation where he's going to lose. Yeah. He never plays hero ball, if you will. But when he does that's play hero ball, it always works out somehow. So that's
0: uh, he is. Uh, maybe that's why he's the greatest of
1: all time. Um, my hot take for this week is the Chargers are a sleeper team. I and this is this is I'll, I'll throw this on there. I wouldn't be surprised if two out of three wild card teams win in the AFC. I what do think you mean? so. Like the let's say the Chargers make it as a seven seed, they might upset the second seed. Or that's yep. what I'm saying. So the lower okay. seed and wild card weekend could very well win two out of three games. Yeah, if not three out of three. Really. it's it's The AFC is so wide open. There's such a little gap between teams.
0: That a, the AFC wild card is definitely much stronger than the NFC
1: wild card at this correct, point. Correct, right. I think
0: that the NFC definitely has the best fifth seed, but when it comes to six and seven,
1: yeah, the AFC takes it by a mile. So the Chargers are one of those teams, man, that... I don't they, want to run into them. They can sneak in as a, as a six or seven. And I, I know they weren't playing a, a great team in the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? But... Justin Herbert did what you want him to do. Mm-hmm. You're down. He comes back, leads your team to victory. Right? Like, it's a well
0: coached football team. Well coached, as each. much as they might not be talented and they're not doing well. Right. As a well coached football team, those are always hard to beat. This
1: is a team next year. To really watch out for. Like I think this team next year might take another step. If they
0: hold the pieces in. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but I would. I would. I wouldn't want the Patriots to play these guys in the wild card round. Really, I wouldn't. Yeah. This this is a good team. I think
0: the schedule favors them down the stretch. They have the Broncos, the Bengals, not pushover games, but definitely games that you should be able to win. The Bengals is definitely gonna be a matchup. I'm excited to watch that yeah, game. Yeah,
1: that'll be a that'll be a great game.
0: And and a lot of wild card implications for the next two weeks as well with both of those teams. So um it'll definitely be I, I don't think you're wrong. Yeah. Like uh this is a team that remember they started like four and two. Right. They were like this
1: they might be the favorites. Week week six five weeks ago, everyone was like, "Wow, this this team gonna win a Super Bowl?" Like and all that. And they've kind of you know they slid under the radar, and you know now they're nobody's really talking. And I really like this team. I like a lot of things about this team.
0: Yeah, I would agree. I mean, there's the only thing you don't like is being a young quarterback and maybe having to face Bill without in the playoffs. Right. That's about the only thing I that's, don't. Like.
1: That's the biggest thing I worry about. But okay, uh, you want to jump in to pump the brakes? Bring it on. Okay. First one that I've got for you is it's time to worry about the Titans. Um,
0: I would definitely,
1: I'm gonna agree with this. I'm not gonna pump the brakes
0: at all. Um, I think the second Derrick Henry went down, I'm like, I'm worried. This Mm -hmm. is definitely that's their identity at this point. They've now waived Adrian Peterson. So I'm not sure what the plan is at running back. I don't know what these what this what is what it is with these teams and just like waving running backs that were brought in as starters. Yeah, because um, I don't know what's what's the better option than Adrian Peterson at this point. Like, what is he doing negatively for to be like? All right, I'd rather I'd rather keep Dontrell Hilliard over him. Right, I'd rather keep my third string left guard over Adrian. Pe- like. I don't understand. It was the same thing with Le'Veon as well in Baltimore where I was like, you can't tell me there wasn't a, a defensive guy I could have let go. Right. Or just send him back down to the practice squad or like anything. Something. Yeah. And the same thing with Philip Lindsay as well. Um, so I'm definitely worried about the Titans at this point in time. Um, anytime you lose a game to the Texans is definitely a cause <laughs> for alarm.
1: It's a red flag at this point, um, especially this year
0: especially when you look at just the, the last couple weeks with Derrick Henry, a grind-out three-point win over the Colts, which without Derrick Henry they would have lost. Um, a good win over the Rams, but albeit still a 12-point win, so still a two-possession game but not a two-touchdown game. Um, a two-point win over the Saints, who were starting Trevor Simeon, as good of a defense and as well-coached as they are. For the one seed in the AFC, you're looking for a little bit higher end of play and now losing to the Texans, and they play the Patriots next week.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Do not want to be wearing a Tennessee Titans jersey right now.
1: When when Derrick Henry went down, I think the thing that you and I that I said was, "Are you ask? You're asking me to bet on Ryan Tannehill, yeah, and I'm never gonna I'm never gonna take that bet. He no. is he is yet to show me he can be the guy. And ultimately, I think he's the anchor that's holding this team back in the long run. or Right now, right now, because they don't have Derrick Henry. With Derrick Henry, he's a fine option, but the problem is is whenever you depend how many t- how many running backs superstar running backs do we have to see get injured before we realize, oh hey, I can't build my team around him. Yeah, 100%. Um, Joe think- Mixon. Christian McCaffrey, Adrian There's, Peterson.
0: There is one team in the league that I think could sustain it at this point, and I think that's the Dallas Cowboys because mm-hmm. I think the offense is good enough around him and also Tony Pollard is a stud. Stud, right. That would be my the team off
1: the top of my head that I think could handle it. Well, honestly, I look at that team and I go, why do you why do you have a guy that you're paying this much? Why am I paying Zeke this much? Right. 100% pr- the production isn't worth
0: the money at that point. No, cuz even if he was producing where he should be, which he's not, I still think you're like,
1: I don't. don't know if I need this. Yeah,
0: no, I'd rather pay somebody on defense at this point and keep Tony Pollard back there. So, yeah, I would, I'm would. i definitely worried about the Titans.
1: That's the long yeah. answer. <laughs> okay, this one if you don't agree with. The Eagles are the best running offense in the NFL. Um, I'm not going to pump the
0: brakes. I mean, it's looked that way for a while. I remember we said it back when they were slumping early on. I was like, this team leads the league in yards per carry, but right. they are—they don't run the ball. They're thirtieth in the league in carries, which can sometimes be a confusing stat because obviously the less carries you have, what that one big breakaway run makes that average a lot a higher. higher. But the issue is they have doubled their run intake and they're still averaging a solid amount. Yeah, per so, game.
1: So to give you stats from last game, they had fifty carries, two hundred forty-two yards, four point eight yards per rush.
0: This is a Baltimore Ravens type offense at this point.
1: I I'm I'm falling in love and and the crazy part to me is if I told you the three running backs on obviously Jalen Hurts is getting 18 carries a game got Mm -hmm. the most carries Miles Sanders Jordan Howard Boston Scott you're like I was Ooh, like,
0: who are these dudes? I was like, Miles Sanders has been banged up and yeah. finally getting back off of IR. Boston Scott was good for like three games before. Jordan him. Howard
1: hasn't been good since he was in Chicago. I was like, Jordan
0: Howard was a bounce back from Chicago to yeah. Miami. Now,
1: um, so they're so, not, they're not depend the only person they're dependent on is their quarterback. Every team is quarterback dependent. Mm-hmm. They're not dependent on one running back, which yeah. I love, which is great for them.
0: Yeah. And this is the offense that Baltimore's ran for a while, and it works well with J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards. Hasn't worked as well with Devonta Freeman and RB two. Right. Which it's
1: changed every game. Hey, don't insult Latavius Murray like yeah.
0: that. Yeah. Latavius Murray's been out. That's yeah, the issue. He's back true. this week. I'm happy to have him back. So I had somebody text me about this because they were looking at it was Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts side by side in their first 15 starts in the NFL, um, which it was a fun stat to kind of look at. So, so through 15 games, Lamar Jackson had 4,100 yards of total offense. Jalen Hurts has five yards less than him right through his 13 through their first 15 starts. Lamar Jackson had 26 touchdowns. Jalen Hurts has 29. He just started his 15th game this week <laughs> in week 11. Lamar had 12 turnovers. Jalen Hurts had 11. Lamar had 213 first downs. Jalen Hurts had 209. So, like, Hurts is five yards behind him. He, th- you know, had accounted for three more touchdowns, one less turnover, and only, like, five less first downs. And everyone's like, one of these guys is a league MVP, and the other one doesn't get as much re- as respect as he deserves. deserves. And I will agree with you, to a certain extent, and I get that the situations are different. The head coaches are a lot different. The talent of coaching has been different. The roster is different, and and extremely less to more talented. The difference is, Lamar Jackson was twelve and three in those first fifteen starts. Yeah, Jalen Hurts was six and nine. And I get all the things are different, but there's a reason that Jalen Hurts hasn't got the credit yet, and it's
1: because it hasn't won them games. So here's the thing: is if the offense keeps trending the direction it is. And right now they're 5 and 6. So they are quite literally one game out of a wild card spot, which is wild.
0: And if the Cowboys continue to trend down, which they are currently doing, this is a team like it'd be a long send and a lot of things would have to happen for them to get to the division at this point. I don't think it's. I think it's improbable. It's not impossible.
1: I don't like the division call. I like this team being a wild card team. I, there's I, no two other standouts
0: at this point. In the right. NFC.
1: Like this. This wild card race in the NFC is going to be so fun to watch because mm-hmm. I mean a lot of interesting teams could sneak in.
0: I think both sides are very interesting, but for different reasons.
1: Yeah. I I like the Eagles. I've been, I've been on this bandwagon a lot. I really like Jay. You've Larkes. hopped on and
0: off the bandwagon a couple times, but you've you've rode it more than you've been off. So
1: I I, the thing I'll say is I called out the bandwagon shot where i was like okay maybe i was maybe i
0: fell in love with this team a little too much too much yeah.
1: and and maybe yeah and you know sometimes you know sometimes you get a relationship and go whoa we moved a little quick yeah you're now like, you get oh. a little bit deeper and you're like okay but i had the right feeling yeah I had the right vibe going with yeah 100 i re- i really like jalen hurts i think he's one of those guys and i was so worried the way the season was gonna go he wasn't gonna get next year in philly i i mean I think if it keeps going the way it's been going and they keep doing what they're doing, I think he's going to get another shot. I think he's going to get at least another year in Philly, and hopefully they can build some things. The one thing I will say is this offense reminds me scarily so much of Baltimore. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. I can tell you, you read the stat sheet, and I was like, "That's a Raven stat sheet. That's a Rat Raven stat sheet." Yeah,
1: Dallas Goddard is their leading receiver in that last, and against the Saints, right? Five catches, sixty-two yards. Mark Andrews. Mark, he's a Mark Andrews-esque. You know, Devonte Smith has been. He's he's played. He's I had a couple good games.
0: He had a good game this last week.
1: Yeah, he played four catches, sixty-one yards. I mean. He's, I mean, I think he could hit a 1,000 yards this year, which I would say would be a success for him. You're definitely
0: looking for more from him, but it hasn't been a terrible rookie campaign over Yeah,
1: I think, I mean, I think he's right now doing some quick math here. We're in week 12, so we're third through the season. He's on pace for 900 yards and 60, 70 catches, somewhere in there. Not terrible. For a rookie, you know, I mean, touchdowns, That's he's going to only be at like six or so, but for for the kind of guy he is. I mean, that's really the numbers that that you want. I I like this Eagles team. I feel like they're, you know, a couple weapons away on the offense in this this offseason they can add some people and and build something here.
0: Yeah. Um it's so so to answer my buddy that texted me this cuz I texted him and I was like I told him that. I was like the difference is 12 and 3 to 6 and 9. It's a very big difference between mm-hmm. those two records, obviously. And he's like, well, obviously Baltimore is a better landing spot. Like Baltimore revamped the entire – they went from Joe Flacco and they're like, this yeah. is Lamar Jackson, not Joe Flacco. We're going to build this offense, whereas Jalen Hurts didn't get as much of a red carpet rollout. And I understand that, but it's, the same. it's all media attention. That's what we're talking about. Well, Jalen Hurts isn't getting the attention because – Russell Westbrook can average a triple-double, and when the Thunder are winning 55 games with it, he's going to get the attention. Now, when they dip below five hundred, no he's going to get a lot of attention, but it's going to be negative, or he's not going to get it.
1: The other thing I'll say is I think the Eagles have done a good job building this offense for Jalen Hurts for the most part. Mm-hmm. The difference is is Lamar Jackson got a Super Bowl head coach. Mm-hmm. He came in and, and had John Hart – yeah John, Har- yeah, John Harbaugh. You're right. He came in and had John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh flipped that system for him, and so like yeah,
0: built. They were like, "This is Lamar Jackson, and this is going to be his offense."
1: Offense, and they had an established guy in there. Nick Sirianni's in his first year of coaching, mm-hmm. so you had Doug Peterson for the end of last year, and then Nick Sirianni's never been a head coach in the NFL before. So, yeah. I mean, the 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 scale is a little bit different here, and I would also say. That Baltimore team that he came into had a better roster than this Eagle roster is right now.
0: I would agree as well. As much as that Baltimore offense didn't have a ton of talent at the time, I think this Eagles team probably has less talent than, than Lamar did when he first started, yeah. to be 100% honest with you.
1: So I like the way this team is trending. But I would agree. All right, we've spent enough time talking about the Eagles. I'm um, all for it. Taylor Heineke is a franchise QB.
0: Ooh. Tell you what it'd be the story of the century puts him right up there with like Kurt Warner as far as stories, if it were true. True. But I'm gonna pump the brakes as of now. Obviously, that has to be like a defined thing that you're either a franchise guy or you're not. There's a there's a very clear line where Teddy Bridgewater is an okay quarterback, he's not a franchise quarterback. Lamar right. Jackson's a franchise quarterback. There's a very clear line in between those two guys. And for Heineke at this point, he's definitely not crossed that threshold. Now, can he be a good quarterback going forward? I definitely think I've seen that potential. And as far as him being a franchise guy, I don't think we'll ever find out. I don't think he'll get the shot.
1: You don't do think it. he'll get the shot? I
0: think they're going to replace him before we find out.
1: So are you? can I read you his stats for this year? Yeah, go for it. So he's got twenty three hundred yard, 2,390 yards this year. Mm-hmm. That's 16th. Okay. And mind you, he did not play – two games he did not play what games did he not play in uh does he play oh doesn't he did not play in every game okay he has not played in every game no he's only played in one two three four five games five games no that can't be right that
0: cow's like no ways he's league MVP oh,
1: hang on just kidding Sorry. at that point I didn't hit see all here hang on okay I was like,
0: 2,100 yards in five games? Are you kidding me? It's the greatest style I've ever heard so in my life. So play, he
1: started playing September 12th. I don't know what week that is for them. Oh, uh, jeez. Wait, so is he not starting to start the year? Oh, maybe he has been. Okay, maybe I'm lying. I didn't know if he missed a game with injury, but I knew he was their starter because Fitzmagic
0: went down preseason.
1: Okay, yeah. No, he's, I think, well, you know, he won 11 for 15 in the first game. So, okay, just kidding. He has played all year. So, so
0: my question is, how many rushing yards does he have to go with that? Because he is a dual threat quarterback more than he's not. Um, which a lot of people may not have realized, but that kid can move.
1: Um, I don't know if I can pull up. Give me one second here. I'm going to try to see if I could. We'll have a race. We'll see if it could pull it up faster. Okay, I can pull up every game. I don't know if it will give me. Okay, season stats, he's ran for – is this – oh, okay, rushing, he's had – 276 yards and one touchdown.
0: Not terrible, but not great, obviously. Not really. Not a, okay. not a Lamar style line, but.
1: but... So 15 touchdowns, that puts him at tied for 13th. Nine interceptions, tied for 25th. QBR, he's 22nd. So yeah, definitely not a franchise guy. Middle middle of the road guy. Not terrible. I think he's a lot better than a lot of people give him credit for. I think worst case scenario for him is... I, this was one of the ones that I was like, eh, not really sure. He... I, he, this, he's one of the ones that you look at and you go, okay, he's at least established that he's now going to be a, a backup for a long time.
0: He is, he is a backup where he like this is a team. If I was Arizona, Philadelphia, Baltimore, maybe even Buffalo, if I have a mobile quarterback, I want Taylor Heineke as my backup. Yeah, he is a high end backup to have, especially if you have a mo. Now, obviously, like I said. He's not gonna break you open like Lamar or Kyler could, mm-hmm. or even Josh Allen came on certain plays, but he plays somewhat similar. Similar. Better he plays at a higher level than most dual threat quarterbacks would.
1: Let me let me ask you this. Would you take him over Jameis Winston?
0: Probably not. No. Because I think I have to do more work to make Taylor Heineke work than I do for Jameis
1: Winston. The Uh, biggest
0: issue with Jameis Winston is him not losing games, which I can't really control. Right. The thing with Taylor Heineke is I feel like I kind of have to build the offense around him.
1: I would argue that Taylor Heineke in New Orleans is a better fit than Jameis. I think with
0: Sean Payton, I think it could work I think, pretty well. I think Taylor yeah.
1: Heineke is a starter and Taysom Hill is a backup or some kind of combo that's there. A,
0: that's an interesting duo, that's to yeah. say the least.
1: That That is like the most like-minded players, you know what I mean, that you could ask for Sean Payton. I, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I think he's a middle-of-the-road quarterback. I really do. Um, Which I think
0: a lot of people are just kind of like, eh. Over that. At this either point. either he's a meme and people think he's the greatest, like they did with Trace McSorley and Ben DiNucci. Thank you, TikTok. Or they're not giving him the credit he deserves.
1: Let me say this, too. And the other thing is, he murders Tom Brady every time he plays him. Or has he
0: almost, people forget that he went from practice squad quarterback doing college classes to starting against Tom Brady in a playoff football game.
1: And almost beat him
0: within 10 days and then almost beat Tom Brady in the playoffs. They almost beat the eventual Super Bowl champions that year. So, is I, another guy I put up there with Gardner Minshew. Both of those two guys do not get near as much credit as they deserve.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, watch out for this guy. You know, if I'm the Saints, maybe I sign him just to beat the Bucks twice a year. I was
0: like, I mean, again, Eli Manning made a career of it. You know, yeah. you win two rings off of it. I think you're pretty happy with whatever the whatever it is. If you can win two rings from it, I'm cool with it. So.
1: All right, next one I got for you. Kirk Cousins is not the problem for the Vikings.
0: I am going to pump the brakes here. Um, Now, I don't think me pumping the brakes illicitly means that Kirk Cousins is the problem, Mm -hmm. but I think we've seen him be the problem more than we've seen him not be the problem. Be the problem. If that makes sense. I can't look at this one game and be like, well, it's a Mike Zimmer problem. I do think Mike Zimmer has had some issues with his offense and his defense and and has Mm -hmm. been – on the hot seat, and I think still is on the hot seat, but it's it's another thing. It's another Baker Mayfield situation, in my opinion. It's like Kirk Cousins is playing it. He's playing great so far. Mm-hmm. Now, when you look at even last year, and you look at this year, if I were to bet on the way they finish, I I don't think he continues what he's doing. I think he kind of tails off, uh-huh. finishes the year kind of cold. And when I'm looking, and I'm mean, the offensive line's not great, but it's been good. And I'm looking at this offense, and I'm like, what more do you need? Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook.
2: Yeah.
0: Odell, Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb. I'm like, I'm seeing a lot of things. And if you can have all these things and be mediocre, what are you going to do when those three things aren't there?
1: The one thing I'll say is the production is different, though. Agreed. Kirk Cousins, 2,700 yards, seventh in the league, 21 touchdowns, fifth, interceptions, two, tied for first. QBR rating 59.1, and that puts him at eighth, right? Like, at least you're he's s- had a
0: great year so far. At
1: least you're seeing the production out of Kirk Cousins, where yeah. Baker Mayfield, you're like, man, it's always underperforming. Yeah. The one thing I will say is when they lose 187 yards, 184 yards, 203 yards, 244 yards, and then opening week 351 yards, and they lost an OT. Yeah. When they win at 341, Two hundred ninety four, 370, 373, seventy three, two seventy five, three twenty three. So when he balls out, gets the ball through the air, they they are winning. I was like, it
0: sounds like they're like five and one when he throws for over three hundred yards mm-hmm. from the the breakdown. You get somewhere around there,
1: and and that's crazy to say out loud that they're they're winning when he's playing really really well.
0: Yeah, that's what a lot of people were talking about like this guy might be like an M V P candidate from how well he's playing. And of course the guys that are disagreeing are the guys like me that think, Yes, through six weeks, through eight weeks, through eleven now. Yeah. He he is up there. He's played extremely well, but I'm expecting the, the tail off to happen eventually.
1: Right. The, it, it you've just been burned so many times that yeah. who knows when it's coming.
0: Yeah. It's the opposite of Tom Brady.
1: The the big question for me is Steelers Sunday night football. And then, other than that, they play Packers Sunday night football as well. I think.
2: Ugh, or one of plan, I
1: think yeah. one of them's Thursday night. What's the ninth? Is that a Thursday?
0: The 9th of December. Yeah. Uh, that would be. Of course, I'm trying to look this up on the computer. That's a Thursday. So yeah.
1: Steelers is Thursday night football. Then they play Packers on Sunday night football.
0: There's your big question mark games.
1: So yeah, like if he plays well in those, who knows? I would say he's definitely probably been a top five quarterback so far.
0: Yeah, he's got the numbers to back it up. That's an asinine statement without numbers, but guess what? The numbers are there, Yeah, and it backs that statement up. Which is crazy.
1: Yeah. Crazy, crazy, crazy. All right, next one I got for you. The 49ers aren't out of the playoff race yet.
0: I am going to pump the brakes. It it hurts me. I do like the Niners. I have a lot of buddies that are Niners fans. I am going to pump the brakes. I do think they're out because it's the same thing as the Titans. Am I going to bet on Jimmy Garoppolo winning me games down the stretch. I'm not going to do that. Um, now, if this was a team that was in a better spot, if you gave them the Cardinals record or the Rams record, mm-hmm. this is definitely, I mean, obviously they're in playoff contention, but I feel like they could hold out. I don't know if I could bet on Jimmy G getting them out of a hole and getting them back into the driver's seat at this point.
1: So for the, the wild card spots, I mean, I'm just assuming the Rams are getting one. But the
0: Rams or the Cardinals will be the fifth
1: seed. fifth seed. 100%. But for six and seven, I think real teams in contention. Minnesota at five and five. The Niners at five and five. Philadelphia at five and six. And the Saints at five and five, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe you could throw Carolina in there. But out of those teams, which teams do I trust the most? Which teams do I trust the least? The Saints, I would say I trust the least right now. We haven't seen any great quarterback play out of yeah. them at all. Yeah. Minnesota, I would probably put top of that list. And then if if I told you who do you think is going to make the playoffs, 49ers or Eagles, who are you picking?
0: Uh, you'd be hard-pressed not to pick the Niners at that point, I guess. Right.
1: So out of, out of those four teams, your top two would probably be Minnesota, San Francisco, would they not?
0: Yeah. I wouldn't rule the Eagles out, but, again, <clears throat> <clears throat> me not betting – with Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm then bidding on Nick Sirianni and his first head coach, right? You know, his first year of head coaching. So versus yeah. Kyle Shanahan,
1: I I think that I it's crazy, but I mean the problem is, is I really like three of these teams. I really don't like Minnesota that much. I really like the San Francisco, and I really like Philadelphia. Yeah, I um, think they're both they're both playoff teams right now, which they, is crazy. They're definitely both playing like playoff teams. You're not wrong about that. All right. And the last one, everyone's talked about this, so we won't take a ton of time. Jonathan Taylor for MVP?
0: I'm going to pump the brakes here. Um, Thank God. He's played well, obviously, coming off a monster game. I know his yards per carry look great when you compare him next to Derrick Henry. The issue is, is we talked about Cooper Cup for MVP last week. Mm-hmm. Um, Cooper Cup obviously had not been put up 50 fantasy points a week and five touchdowns a week. But right. he's... Was not ice cold for the first six weeks like Jonathan Taylor was. That's true. Uh, He did not do much. Now he was productive but wasn't getting the carries. Now he's getting the carries and has become more productive, obviously. So imagine that. Giving your lead running back more carries and he'll get you more yards.
1: The problem is, is, and the reason I think it's ridiculous, is Derrick Henry had a chance to – excuse me – Derrick Henry had a chance to break that 2,000 mark, and that's the only time you really can think about a running back for MVP. Mm-hmm. Where, I mean, Jonathan Taylor's at 1,200 yards, which is first, 13 touchdowns, which is first, 5.8 yards per carry. That's third. The problem is is the numbers, the stat line isn't going to be crazy enough.
0: The reason we talked about Cooper Cup, which mentioning a wide receiver for an MVP is even crazier than a running back. It's right. never happened before. Um, not even for when you look at even all the magazines handing out MVPs, like all registered, like there was one magazine in like in the eighties or the nineties that said Jerry Rice was the NFL MVP. And that was the only thing, the only article ever NFL or otherwise that has ever mentioned a wide receiver as the MVP. The reason we talked about it is because this is a guy that is now sharing or breaking Jerry Rice's records, who is the greatest receiver of all time, if not the second greatest Jonathan Taylor, had a great week last week. Five touchdowns against the Bills, against a good run defense in Buffalo as well. That was one week, right? You know, yeah. if now hasn't if this been is, consistent enough. If he plays, if he played well, and he was sitting at fifteen hundred yards, and we're looking at he is going to break that record, maybe we can talk. But even then, it's an extreme long shot to ever beat a quarterback for the MVP race.
1: It's crazy to say, but I still I think Cooper Cup has got a really, 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 really good chance to get it still. Which... Well,
0: the only reason he doesn't is because he's a wide receiver and it's never happened before, ever.
1: Yeah. Ever, ever. But this is the one year where there's not a quarterback that's risen to the top. Well, theres there's been seven. That's the issue. Kyler
0: Murray was there, and then
2: but Josh he, Allen was. He there, got hurt. and
0: then yeah. Tom Brady. Like every the thing is, is it hasn't been one guy that's been running it. It's been that's the issue. This, this guy's g- here, and then this that guy, you know, I, I would then he argue,
1: loses to the Jags. Cooper Cup has been substantially the best wide receiver, and I mean, let's say he gets, let's say he doesn't break the touchdown record. Let's say he has seventeen touchdowns, but he still goes out there catches one hundred and forty balls for. 2,000 yards, I I think it would be hard not to give them.
0: I think Cooper Cup has been the most consistent player through 11 weeks, I think. I don't think there's, like, players may have had higher highs. Jonathan Taylor probably had a better week than Cooper Cup has all season, but the issue is is that if you were to rank all 10 games by each player at this point, Cooper Cup, Jonathan Taylor has one, but Cooper Cup probably has, like, two through six, and then Jonathan Taylor, and then Cooper Cup again, and then all of JT's first six games come at the end of that list. So, uh, we're definitely talking about Cooper Cup for MVP before we talk about Jonathan Taylor. So, Okay. Ooh, excuse me. Next up, preview right. for our Week 12 games.
1: Yeah. Um, time-wise, we're right on pace. We're at an hour 26, too, so that's nice. Bring it on. Um, Pats versus Titans. Again, if this is – I mean, this is – the nice part about the preview now is we don't have to deep dive into why these games matter. We've kind of talked about these situations coming up to it. But for the Pats versus Titans, the reason, I mean, if you're the Titans, you don't really want to slide, and this could put you in a really bad spot in your division and, and far as the seeding goes. Um, if you're the Patriots, you want to prove you're a legit team, you got to beat the number one yeah. seed.
0: It's, it's a lose-lose situation right now for the Titans. Uh, you lose this game. First of all, you don't want to lose the game to the Patriots. So the Colts are getting hot. They are gaining on you very quickly for the top spot in that AFC South division. So if you lose this game and the Colts win, you might drop in the division. The other huge negative to that is you lose to the Patriots and you drop to second in your division. Obviously, you're still fighting for that division title. But if it comes down and the Colts close out the division and you're in a wild card spot, Guess who you have to beat to get that wild card spot? It's the New England Patriots. Patriots, right? Unless, obviously, they could overtake the Bills at this point too. I mean, they could be the but Bills. Yeah, it's always that situation of you always want to rule your own destiny. You always want to be in control of what happens when it comes to you making the postseason. And this is a very big game that they need to win to control their destiny going into the postseason.
1: They can still slide. They're eight and three. Indy is six and five. Okay, so they they have a little wiggle room, but again, they have two games that they can they can kind of play with. You don't want to get too crazy, right? Uh, I but don't
0: want to lose this game to the Patriots. Not really
1: at all. Next game is, this is actually a great week of football. Ne- next game. You got Rams and Packers. Um, I mean, if you're the Rams, you want to win it. And if you're the Packers, you want to win it. And yeah. this, this could be a playoff matchup that we see. This could be a preview for an NFC championship game or it's a, a lot of things.
0: It's another, it's a rematch from the postseason last year when they fought each other, obviously. Um, well, so the difference is, is,
1: is it's not what was the backup John something? Oh yeah, Johnny Wolford, John, John, uh, John Wolford or whatever. Like that, yeah, yeah, it's not John Wolford playing. this He almost time. beat the Packers. He did. Again, he, it was backup quarterback Central last year. He played played pretty well, but yeah, at least this time it's high powered offenses. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is coming off a great week, coming off a great week, but a loss, a loss nonetheless. How loss. do you respond?
0: And again, with the Rams, um, you have to try to make sure that you secure. The division over the Cardinals, this is a game that matters. Mm-hmm. Every game matters right now if you're the Rams. So, yeah. A win is a win, and you're a team that desperately needs one. Coming off a of bye week, you've had an extra week for preparation. This is, it, I, I wouldn't say it's a must win for the Rams, but it's a, I'd really, really like to win game Win for, for sure.
1: For <laughs> yeah um next game we got is vikings 49ers i mean we just spent a lot of time talking about these two teams wildcard implications a lot of wild card implications for this game so if you're the vikings you want that spot you gotta win if you're the 49ers you gotta win yeah it's another
0: two teams that are fighting for a wildcard spot and obviously a long shot at either division not gonna happen but you never know you I, I didn't think the colts really i mean obviously they had a good shot of eclipsing the Titans for
1: that division, but I definitely didn't think it would be turning around as quickly as it has. It has been. Yeah. And speaking of that, Bucks versus Colts, if you're the Colts and the Titans lose, this is this feels like a must win game for you, right? You want to come out and win this. Yeah,
0: you are you are probably one of the hotter offenses in football right now. The Bucks are coming off a Monday night football win over the Giants, but it, it was the Giants. So it, it's one of those things where it's one of those things where you kind of – you need to – the Bucks are kind of in – I wouldn't say they're in a must-win spot either, but, like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I get it. You beat the Giants. But it was a two-game losing streak before that, you know? Right. Like, this is not a team that's content with their last four weeks of football, football. that they've had. Yeah, right. Um, so each team is going to be looking to get a win. That's for sure. I mean, obviously, that's the goal of every game when you play in the NFL. But right. – this is a lot of playoff matchups that could happen, and it's a—it's just... It's a
1: great week of football. Yeah,
0: I—that's you took the words right out of my mouth. There's no better way to put it. We're
1: we're kind of sweeping out of the lull now and, and getting back into the, like, okay, now we know who the playoff teams are, and we know why this game's going to matter. Yeah,
0: well, we say that, and somehow Seattle will make a push for the postseason.
1: This something, something weird will happen. Some
0: team that we haven't talked about at all. It
1: always happens that way.
0: Into the NBA. A couple of headlines in our famous question of the day. Well, it's not famous yet, but it will be. Maybe. Um, Hopefully. So our headlines, obviously, um, this last week in basketball, a lot of things happening. Uh, Teams are winning some games. Teams lose some games. The Warriors are still hot. But the Suns have currently won their third, as of recording, the Phoenix Suns have won thirteen straight.
1: They've definitely flipped their season around.
0: Yeah, they started extremely slow and I was like, I don't know. Like
1: I wasn't surprised by that. Like though. I looked
0: at the roster and I was like, God, if they had JaVale McGee in last year's finals, I really think like I don't know if they would have won, but I definitely think it would have been a lot more competitive in game three through six. Mm-hmm. But now all of a sudden they've won thirteen straight, they're a hotter team in basketball. But again, same thing in the NFL. Are they peaking early? Right. Is this going to be the high of the season? Because if so... I don't think
1: so. Their team is so young. I mean, outside of Chris Paul, Devin Booker's such a young star. Like, Andrew Ayton's is a young star. Yeah. The thing
0: is, is they've added those older role players now. Which, yeah. that's what they were missing last year. Yeah. Super young, super great. But outside of Chris Paul, zero playoff experience. Well, and Jay Crowder, zero playoff experience. Yeah, you got
1: to bring in guys who are going to fill those roles. Nicely, JaVale McGee like
0: uh, is crazy, especially even now. Even it would have been crazier ten years from now. Like Javale McGee is a championship caliber center. Yeah,
1: absolutely. like without
0: your center being the center point of your offense, which obviously DeAndre Ayton is a, a focal point, but Javale McGee helps your title chances much more than he hurts at this point. Yeah, for so, sure. So um, obviously the I I thought like I think if Isaiah Stewart had his way, it would have been Mouse of the Palace 2.0 at this point. Um, his his scuffle with LeBron. Um, he has been suspended two games. LeBron was suspended one. Yeah, Steven, I didn't. I wish I would have listened today, but I saw the headline that Stephen A. and Jay Williams both thought that it should have been flipped or like LeBron should have been punished.
1: I don't. I don't get it. I I, I. I. Yeah.
0: It makes zero sense to me at all.
1: So was the contact dirty? Yes. Was LeBron? Was it intentional? No. No. It looked very accidental. Um, and I'm not even like a LeBron defender for the most part. I mean, I am, but I don't think this is a part where I should have to. Right, yeah.
0: This is a, yes, it happens. And again, who got penalized in the Jokic-Marcus Morris thing that happened two, three weeks ago? Mm -hmm. Jokic got penalized heavier because it's the reactionary force that always gets the blame. It's
1: the one who escalates it. So Mm -hmm. if LeBron comes out and swings at him and then he swings back, sure, give LeBron the heavier sentence there. But LeBron made accidental contact that was not clean, right? So it was definitely like it was. There was no bad intent there. And then what I always I keep forgetting Isaiah Stewart Stewart comes up and escalates it, right? Yeah. Joker escalated that situation, right? Mm -hmm. So there was shoving, but Joker. It was a hard
0: foul, and then he. It was a dirty play, hard foul on top
1: of it. Exactly. So he escalated the situation. So he's got to get more time
0: there. Mm And trust me, I know that more than anybody. You can ask my mom. I'm sure if she listened to this segment, she would know. My my sister was the classic agitator growing up Mm -hmm. and I was the classic reactionary person who was like, She's been bugging me for thirty minutes and you know, I blow up yeah, I do something that wasn't right. And of course, as a parent, who are you gonna who are you going to discipline first? The one that was apparently annoying someone for twenty minutes, or the one that you saw hit the other one. Right. It's That's always so. going to be the second one that gets caught.
1: Yeah.
0: That is that is my role in the situation. I know it better than most. Yeah. But as I mean, LeBron tried to get Isaiah Stewart's phone number after the game to make sure he knew the contact wasn't intentional. It was a.
1: He turned around it, right away and yeah, was like, it was like my, my bad. bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was like, like I didn't mean to do that. Yeah, like,
0: it was a box out on a free throw. Right. It's it's a physical play to start with. Wasn't anything. And like Isaiah Stewart's reaction, I can understand being mad. You just got hit in the face. Yeah. You're allowed to be mad. But the it was the secondary escalation where I was like, I don't understand. It was so where. weird
1: because it was so delayed. It was like – it's like then he sees blood and then he like – He
0: got in his face and he was mad and then the blood and it kind of picked up. But then it dissipated and yeah. they pulled him all the way to the other three-point line. And then he tr- – I'm like, get this guy an NFL contract because he just truck-sticked like three coaches – on the way back to the other side. I
1: don't remember who, who said that, but someone was like, yeah, get this man. He's the best pass rush that the Detroit Lions are going to have on the Yeah, team I was right like,
0: I, the Titans might look and put him in that 22 jersey for the rest of the year at this point. Right, Like, Because yeah. he, when they pulled him all the way back, and all of a sudden he throws one coach, and then literally like three coaches put him themselves in between him and the Lakers bench, and he le- like legitimately just ran through them, like knocked them to the ground. So I I. I don't understand where anyone was like LeBron James should have been penalized more.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't get what the argument is there. I, I could not 100 percent wrong.
0: There's no like <laughs> we're looking at a guy that there was an accidental play versus a guy that took it overboard and was legitimately trying to fight an entire team.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So
0: not much more that needs to be said.
1: No, not not really. Um Luke Walton was fired um, by the Sacramento Kings. By the Kings, yeah. Um, a move that I enjoyed. You're not as much of a fan of it. I I don't like the move. So here's the thing: in the last 20 years, Luke Walton is the second highest winning percentage out of any Kings coach, which is crazy to say. Yeah.
0: Bullet point. Yeah. That is an insane statistic, and I'm glad you saw that because I never, ever, in a million years, would have guessed that that's true. But. Uh, their winningest coach of all time, retired in 06. Mm-hmm. And then through the 2000s, he has been the winningest. He has the best win percentage of any coach since 06.
1: So here's here's what this reminds me of, is when the Lions fired Jim Caldwell after coming off 9-7, and 9-7, and seven, mm-hmm. and then they've just sucked since then. Yeah. And I'm like, you had a guy that was trending the program in the right direction. And, yeah, I underperforming, agree. Underperforming, Absolutely. Trending the right direction, yes. This job isn't that attractive of a job. Like People that are sitting here and going, oh, Mike D'Antoni should think about this job. Mike D'Antoni. For not... what reason? If Mike D'Antoni wants his career to end, yeah, sure, he'll come here. I would
0: rather be an assistant in Brooklyn, where I'm currently at. I would rather be an assistant to Steve Nash, who's a first-year head coach. Kind of insulting, but I'm with James Harden, Kyrie Irving if he yeah. plays this year, and Kevin Durant versus going out, And being the head coach, I think D'Antoni
1: is an advisor for the Pelicans. Is that right? Mm -hmm. I I don't think he was in Brooklyn. He was in Brooklyn last year. He's not coaching this year. Okay, so I think he's he's regardless.
0: wherever he's at is better than Sacramento.
1: Yeah, like people are naming like all these big names. I'm like Jason Kidd is not or not Jason Kidd. Sorry, but um, oh god, now I'm going to blank on his name. Um, He's the assistant coach for. Not the Lakers for... Oh, Jesus Christ. Never mind. Doesn't matter. But you name any big <laughs> I was name... Yeah, I'd still... It's like, it's right there, and I can't remember. Um, Give me oh a hint. Give God. me a hint here. I'm, I'm like, as I'm like hitting all these people, I'm like, oh, Ty Lue got a job. Jason Kidd got a job. I don't know who I was thinking of now. Now it's like completely left me. But I was thinking of that like happens. a secondary coach that's a big name. But anyone you can think of that's prominent is not going to take this job. Like, this is like the one of the... Like, you look at this roster, and you, Buddy Heald's a nice player.
0: De'Aaron Fox is a great – I is, love De'Aaron Fox. He's a
1: great player. But why would you want to go work for him? I was like, franchise? other than that, I'm
0: like, there's – I have a disgruntled Marvin Bagley. Yeah, I have the two stars, stars in the making that I've mentioned. I have a losing history. I have Luke Walton is my best coach since 06. Right. That that stat is a reason why I'm like – F that. I'm not going to Sacramento. I'm not taking that job. And that's also another thing of a big reason of why, like, when Seattle does not have a basketball team, Kansas City wants a basketball team, why does Sacramento still have a team at this point?
1: It, it It's tough for me because if you're Sacramento, you have to ask yourself, okay, who are we going to get to take this job? You're not going to get one of the big-name coaches because they're going to go take a job where they can go win a championship yeah. Within the next year or two, this is not that. This is at least still a three or four year rebuild. Yeah, that's why I don't at look best. Like, at best, if right. everything goes right, and that's if you you have to slam dunk a lottery pick or two, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I think Alvin Gentry has been
0: named as the interim. I think he'll probably be the long term option going forward.
1: I, I don't see how he's not the long term. He, he's choice. a
0: solid coaching option. Uh, he's with the Pelicans before they uh, before he was fired there, which. The whole Jim Caldwell thing was always funny because like the Lions were 7 and 9 for 2 years and they're like this isn't good enough. 9 and 7. Were they 9 and 7 the yeah, 2 Yeah, they years?
1: had two winning seasons with them when they fired them.
0: Like I <laughs> it's just like if that's the Patriots and it was like Bill Belichick's gone, Jim Caldwell comes in, goes 9 and 7, you're like this isn't good enough. You're like it's right. a team that's used to winning a lot, this is the this is the two best seasons you've had in decades right and for the they've went what was it what did we decide was it 32 and 41 in their last two
1: years or something like, it was
0: 31 and 41
1: yeah something like that
0: a piece like 41
1: wins for this team i feel like is good yeah that's really good that's where you want 31 be. wins
0: in 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 72 games it's really not terrible, honestly. I didn't games. know that they were winning. They played seventy-two apiece that the last two years. Two years. So yeah. So they're sitting at thirty-one and forty-one individually so, for the last so, two so years. So the
1: years that he's had full seasons, he
0: hasn't had a full eighty-two game season as head coach. Isn't no, that insanity? That's crazy. But that's that's how long we've been playing on the he, short season. He's
1: been about five hundred. I think his like career record was like it's
0: like four point six or four point eight. Yeah, or you know, point like four eight.
1: Yeah. But you look at this and you go, you're not to the point where you want to take that next step. You give him at least another two years where you feel to this point. I was like, now we can go get a guy that's. It, it feels like to me. So when the Bucks fired Jason Kidd, I questioned it because again, it felt a little too early. Yeah, it what was
0: if, a it was a bottom feeder team getting rid of a decent head coach because they weren't. Competing for a title, correct? So right. Like, why couldn't you take us from 15 to 60 wins in two years?
1: Now, to be fair, it, it ended up working out for Milwaukee, right? They yeah. ended up winning a championship, so, so it looked good on their part. I don't look at anyone. I mean, obviously, that team, like the Bucks, had Giannis, right? Like De'Aaron Fox is good, but he's not on the same level as Giannis. Nowhere near it. So like I, I just I hate this move. I really do. It's a I mean, I'm not saying Luke Walton's a great coach. I hate it less since we started talking about it. But he's a good coach and in Sacramento, that might be the ceiling. That might be the best kind of coach you can get. I think no one no one that's a serious great coach is going to think about this job.
0: What hope have they gotten? I mean, they spent a first round pick on Marvin Bagley, mm-hmm. didn't pan out. Harry Giles was a pick, didn't pan out. They traded for Buddy Heald, which in retrospect, at the time, I was like, this is stupid. Remember, they gave up Boogie, who was the best center in the league at the time, for Steph Curry-like potential was the reason they made the trade. Now again, Buddy Heald has nowhere near lived up to that, but considering that DeMarcus Cousins is currently a free agent out of the league, solid trade. Good it worked win. out they won. As, a, as a perfect, as a, a slam dunk of a trade. Buddy
1: Heald's probably a two or a three on a championship level team. I think he's
0: a three on a championship level yeah,
1: team. Yeah, he's a three on it. and then De'Aaron Fox is maybe a one, maybe a two. I, I think he's
0: a two in my opinion. Like, he's the Drew Holiday of a, of a championship
1: team. So you're still missing the one, and the hardest one to get is the one. Yeah. Right? It
0: is very, very hard. Like when you look at the hierarchy of the NBA teams currently, if I were to list you all the contenders, mm-hmm. and you look at their top option, I guarantee you more often than not, did that team draft that player? Like the Warriors, Stephen Steph Curry. Curry. Uh, Brooklyn didn't draft their top guy. No, uh, L.A. didn't draft any of their top guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other L.A. team didn't draft their top guy. Dallas. They've drafted their top guy. I yeah. think the Grizzlies probably have, but those are low-end guys. They're, or not low-end guys, low-end teams. Like, well, they're the seven, and the 8th seed. Yeah. Now I'm talking about top four seed. Well, Ja is
1: going to lead that team. To, like, a top four seed this year. Denver.
0: Denver drafted their guy. I think Denver and Golden State have. Milwaukee drafted their guy as well. Milwaukee drafted their guy. Like, even if I were to throw New York in, New York didn't draft their top guy. No. We don't even really have a one. Yeah. uh, Miami didn't draft their top guy. Nope. So, I, I think that's more often than not. So, and that's the hardest thing. If you can't draft your top guy, how the hell? What is the pitch? You're going into free agency. Giannis is a free agent. Somehow he agrees to hop on a plane and go to Sacramento. Yeah. When in all reality, he flew to Golden State, and he's like, okay, I'll take a four-hour drive and talk to you, I guess. What's the pitch? There is none. <laughs> I have a I have the same team that you want to title with, except both your second and third options are a little worse than what you're used to. You used to. like You look at Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, and I look at De'Aaron Fox, and I look at Buddy Heald, and I'm like, these
1: are low-end versions of the same thing that you had in – in Milwaukee, at least when New York was bad, it was still the draw of like, oh, you you can it's play New in New York, you can play in the Garden, you live in the best city in the world, you know, your fans are going to show up and be passionate no matter what. Yeah, you're, they, gonna, you're gonna immediately be top five in Jersey sales. Yeah, like there is there is an
0: allure there. This right. is the this is the New York Knicks three years ago, but it's not in New York. It's in Sacramento. Of all I don't places.
1: know. Like if the Kings made the playoffs, would that game even sell out as a home game? I want to say yes because they
0: probably won't ever see it again in a while. I mean, right. it's probably been since 0506 since they've made the playoffs. Be the magical well, moment. Maybe not made the playoffs, but like, you know, been a contender. Been a contender. And even then, at the same point, I'm like, do they have enough of a fan base left?
1: Who's the who's the greatest Kings player of all time off the top of your head? Off
0: the top of my head, now Sacramento Kings or Kings in general.
1: Who the Kings used to be before they were in Sacramento?
0: I think they, they were in Kansas City for a while, and I think Oscar oh. Robertson played for them at some point, I thought. Okay. I could be wrong about that. Off the top of my head, it's going to be DeMarcus Cousins. or
1: really?
0: I, In recent memory, he, again, I wasn't watching basketball back in 01. He would have been runs. like
1: the third guy that came to my head. I would have said probably Mike Bibby. I think be one. Mike Bibby and um, Chris Webber, Chris Webber would, would be... Chris Webber would be my two. I know
0: how good that 0-1 team was, but I never got to see them in their heyday. Yeah. I do think they did get robbed out of an NBA, the, uh, of a finals trip.
1: Mike Bibby was something. I've, I've watched
0: the 37-minute-long YouTube video. Mm-hmm. I do believe that the NBA rigged the Lakers into that finals matchup in 0
1: mm-hmm.
0: They, I think the Kings had them beat. But again... I haven't been down that rabbit hole. The the Kings doesn't sell you tickets. No. As good as that '01 one Kings team was, what sells tickets in the NBA Finals? AI versus Mike Bibby or AI versus Kobe and Shaq? Kobe and Shaq.
1: 110%. Well, that's, I mean, that's the thing. Like the MLB this year, they much r- would have rather had LA versus the Astros. Oh, 110%. I mean, even though the Braves won and they were the better team and everything, like yeah, they got ratings hot. wise, right.
0: Yeah. Now, maybe if, if the Braves were fully healthy and they had, um, Shay's going to
1: murder me for forgetting his
0: name. They're star, Freddie feeler. Freeman? No, no, no. The one that was hurt. Um, God, oh, is there a left fielder?
1: Yeah, I can't remember his name, but anyway. Yeah. yeah,
0: we all know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Ronald Acuna. Yeah,
1: there you if go. they
0: had Acuna, maybe. But even then, you're looking at, I want the rematch.
1: The, well, the problem with these like mid-major teams is they just don't have the draw that the major markets are going to have. Right? Like, if you're looking at LA versus Atlanta, LA's going to get more people to watch. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just how it is. And the, and the Dodgers are a bigger sports team in general than the Braves are. Yeah. Um I mean, the Lakers versus the Kings. You know what I mean? The Lake. More people are yeah, going to watch the Lakers because the name. I
0: just don't understand from Adam Silver, from anybody's standpoint, how I can be like, I would rather the Kings be the fourth best team in Sacramento, in, in, in California, be the fourth best team in California, mm-hmm. and barely sell tickets, where I can put the exact same team. I can rebrand them, and I could not add a free agent for the next two years, and I could double their ticket sales by just sticking that team in Seattle and naming them the Super
1: Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Uh, it's right. just
0: a money standpoint. I don't understand why they're still there. But Luke Walton's out. Alvin Gentry's in. We'll see if it affects the Kings. My bet is probably not in the
1: long run. Okay. Um, this one we, we don't have to spend a lot of time on. I know we're – the problem is, is I think this happened Thursday of last week, so we already had recorded the podcast. It's definitely late. Um, Steph Curry getting MVP chance in Barclay Center. Wow. Wow. This this the reason that I want to talk about this as a Knicks fan is this vindicated the feelings that I have. I don't care how good of a team Brooklyn puts together. New York City will always be a Knicks city. Like it just it'll never flip over to it. Mm-hmm. And to me it just solidified that like Knicks fans are go- are the ones that are going to Brooklyn to watch the Nets play. <laughs> so when Seth Curry has a great game, they're like all jazzed up and you know what I mean. I like, think the
0: only opposing player that wouldn't get MVP chance in Barclays from Knicks fans would probably be Trey Young. Trae That's Young. about it.
1: Oh yeah, no, Trey Young will never get chance in, in New York City. I tell you
0: what, I as much as I the Knicks are growing on me again and I love them, I do like Trey Young because I love a good villain. There's not like, yeah when you have that that guy that just, and the guy that fills it. The thing is, is like, Kevin Durant could have been the greatest villain of all time, but he didn't want to play the role. He no, I don't blame be, him. Yeah, so like, but when you have a guy that can get those F-Trey Young chants in New York, that yeah. picture will forever stick in my head of him like looking back at Knicks fans and just smiling. Like, some guys just play the role naturally, and it's so fun to watch. And I, I think I get that from being a wrestling fan.
1: As a Knicks fan... Like, there's, we love it when the team's good, but a close second, and I mean a close second, we also love to hate someone.
0: Oh, 100%. Who like doesn't? The,
1: the Reggie Miller years when he was just absolutely hating and he's flipping off Spike Lee in yeah. the garden. Mm-hmm. Like... That's iconic moments in NBA history, and
0: it's it's not as iconic. But I remember how much I absolute my absolute disdain for the Indiana Pacers for a good two to three year stretch, where I was like, I fucking hate Roy Hibbert. (laughs) It's
1: like Roy Hibbert was at the top of my list. I I
0: couldn't stand that Pacers team.
1: I there's like you know how people do the bets, like oh I'll wear like a jersey as like you know like if I lose the bet. There is no bet that I would ever take where I'd wear a Trey Young jersey. Absolutely ever. not. No. Nope. Never. ever. Never. Ever. Wow. I hate Trey Young. I feel like there's got to be a bet out. There.
0: There's there's a bet, but you would not say yes until it was the briefcase was in your hands.
1: Oh yeah, I would need to see cat. I need yeah. to see a lot like, of cash. To it's be one of like,
0: those ones where, like, hypothetically, I will never say yes to that.
1: I would. You know what my ideal situation is for hmm. the East this year is the Knicks are four. And Atlanta's five, and we just get a rematch of that. That would, oh my God, I would kill to see it. I'd be electric. Oh my God. That would be 100%. That would be an awesome situation. I agree. But yeah, I'm not surprised by it. I mean, people that are going to Brooklyn to watch those games are basketball fans less than they are Brooklyn Nets fans.
0: Yeah. 100%. I would hundred percent like we all know that if the Nets like they weren't before before D'Angelo Russell got there and got into the playoffs that this team was not huge like Mm -hmm. it wasn't a winning basketball team and it wasn't a well loved basketball team because they're the second best team in the city and they they may be better than the Knicks but guess what ain't (laughs) love cares yeah exactly. Hundred percent. It's like just, no
1: matter how good the Mets are, the New York City will still be a Yankee City. Like it's yeah. just, it is what and it is. the Same
0: thing with the Clippers. The Clippers could have won a title. They could win three straight with Kawhi Leonard. Exactly. It is a Laker town.
1: It is exactly. Yeah. Um. Next one I have. It's kind of died down, but I'm I'm kind of curious. Where does Ben? Where do you think Ben Simmons goes?
0: I have no idea at this point. Um, I, he's not going to go anywhere until Philly realizes that they're. Demands are asinine, first of all.
1: Someone's got to give in this situation. I
0: do think that my opinion has shifted on this a little bit. I think Isaiah Thomas is talking about it, and it's altered my perspective a little bit because it kind of opens your eyes a little bit hearing somebody else kind of bring up solid points about Ben Simmons. If my team does not lack three-point shooting, I would trade for Ben Simmons pretty quickly. He is an all-star level talent. And again, the thing that Isaiah Thomas brought up, And it's the old I.T., Detroit I.T. Yeah, yeah, I know
1: exactly what you're talking about. I saw this interview.
0: And I I love it because it it makes a lot of sense. He brings the historical reference into it. He's talking, there was a year that during Team USA stuff, him, Larry Bird, and a couple of guys are working on games. They're working on signature moves, crossovers, behind the backs, their shot and everything. Magic Johnson spends the entire summer working on his free throw. Nothing like he is every single day that is not occupied, every minute that's not occupied by a team drill, he's doing free throws. And they're like, you're not going to work on your game at all. He's like, I'm working on it. You know, like this is, mm-hmm. trust me. And the next year he won league MVP and, right. and led the Lakers to a title. So this is, and it's one of those things. Ben Simmons doesn't have to learn how to shoot a three-pointer. I always thought he did. And I thought, if nothing else, he needs to have the threat of shooting. Right. But I agree with what Isaiah Thomas said. And it was, if he learns how to shoot a free throw, he needs to do one of the two. Become a good three-point shooter, or a good free-throw shooter. Because if you can cash in at the line... Yeah. All, even if you become a 70% shooter, become as good as LeBron is at the line. All of a sudden, your 19 points goes to 25 pretty damn quick.
1: Well, and the other thing is, if he let's say he learns how to shoot free throws. You can just move him to a stretch four, mm-hmm. and he can guard anyone on the wing. So pick and rolls, he's perfect. because he Perfect can switch, switch. He can switch on to any. Basically, he's going to guard your best defender, whoever your best offensive player is. Mm-hmm. You can stick him on it. So it makes too much sense there. He's a great rebounder. He's a great passer. There's a lot of opportunity for him to to be a good four player. This is,
0: like, when everyone talks about Golden State, they're like, obvious, but it is the natural fit. I need a team that excels at shooting. And with Jordan Poole developing the way that he is, Stephen Curry's obviously there. Klay Thompson's coming back soon. Then another guy that hit eight threes um, the other night. If... The, the Warriors is obviously a natural fit. The only thing that stops it is Draymond Green at this point. Yeah. Which he has said he's found his love for basketball again. We joked about it before the show. No, the Warriors are winning again. Right. You didn't, like, <laughs> I found my love for the game again. No, you just stopped losing. There's a very big difference there. You know? the,
1: the one fit that's kind of popped up recently that I really, really, really like is Boston. Because it feels like a project that Brad Stevens would like to take on. They're mm-hmm. not playing that great this year. They're nine and eight. So it's I mean, it's been somewhat it, disappointing probably. Is that a team that Philly's willing to send?
0: I know the divisions don't mean anything in the NBA, but it is right. a team that you would most likely have to run into in the postseason.
1: Postseason. So let me let me tell you, would you take Ben Simmons for Jalen Brown? I'd hundred percent take that if I was Philly. In a heartbeat. And you're, if you're Philly, right, you take that. And if you're Boston... If Boston, I'm hesitant. This this formula hasn't worked so it, far. It's something
0: that I would have to see how the net... Now, if they continue to trend the way they are, mm-hmm. if 30 games in, they're sitting at three above 500, yeah, I'm probably doing it. Probably just try yeah, it. Yeah, not it. Not, what are we, 17 games of the year? Probably not this early, but come trade deadline time, if I haven't seriously solidified myself as a top-four seed as I should be, it's definitely something I'm considering way more than now.
1: I I just don't know. Like, he just doesn't make a sense. He doesn't make sense on a lot of teams. Like, like you said, he's got to go to somewhere where it's heavy shooting. I mean, Sacramento still makes a ton of sense, but the problem is, is you're going to blow everything up to get him.
0: I was like, yeah, Sacramento's going to have to blow everything up to get him. If I had to try to quick pick some teams that I think you would work on, I think it'd be, I have no idea, and I wouldn't want it to happen, but Miami, I think, would kind of make sense. I don't think so. I, I don't know. As a team that has shooting, trust me, they've got the three-point. The issue is they probably have to give up some to get him. Yeah. Um, and it's a team that already has P.J. Tucker, and I don't think the Heat need to make the move. You have to look at a border. It, it's... As much as it is a fit, it's also a team that's willing to make the move. You're looking at a team that's probably an 8 to a 6 seed that's looking to take the next step.
1: Right. Make make something to try to climb up. And,
0: and Atlanta would be an interesting one, but I, I can't see a package that they go up. I don't think it's a great fit. And with John Collins in the building, I definitely don't like the fit at all.
1: Right. I, I, it,
0: it takes away the potential of putting him at the Who floor. are they
1: going to give back that makes sense?
0: Yeah, it would be it would be a... A hall of picks and a lot of unproven talent, right? For a not great fit, like Atlanta would destroy everything that makes them good outside of Trey Young and John Collins to get him
1: to try to put them together. Right?
0: Um, I'd say Utah, but again, it's not a te- It's it's got to be a team that's willing to take a risk as right. well. Like
1: Utah is not that. Team. If
0: Chicago continues to overperform, and they could somehow, and, and the price comes way down. I can see Chicago trying to make a run for them, but again, I don't know what the deal is. Right. There's, there's I no don't know what the logistics are. Yeah. Cleveland would be a decent one, but it's just because they have so much depth they have no idea what to do with. But again, is that a team that's in, in a, a winning spot right now? Really. I think they're still a couple years away. So the fit is, it doesn't matter because there's no team that fits that it makes sense. And for every team that it makes sense, they
1: don't have the package to get them. So,
0: I think he would make a
1: lot of sense on the Knicks, but the Knicks have nothing. No, that... well, what? Are
0: you giving up? Like you're giving up Obi Toppin, a first rounder, and another decent player. At and that I'd point. rather
1: keep. I'd almost. I mean, it's weird to say, but I really don't want to give up Obi Toppin in that trade. Yeah.
0: Is it weird that you spent a seventh overall pick on this kid and he's sitting on the bench behind Julius Randle?
1: Are you you're saying Obi? Yeah. Or is he starting now? No, he he's on the bench. Okay. But uh, I mean. I don't know. It's That's, not weird to me. Like, I like Mitchell Robinson. I
0: don't know I don't know if the the fit is great in New York. And I do think that if he's having issues with the media, New York will eat him alive. But yeah. if they could put a package together for him, like it's a team that I think they don't have the star or like the great picks that they could probably give back, but like right. when you're talking about depth, if Philly's trying to establish a championship contender Right it, now, like they would need to buy another star to refill, and then on top of that, the the depth that they would get from the Knicks would probably be pretty damn solid.
1: Knicks need need scores, right? Like yeah. that was our issue last. Scores year. Scores and star power, right? So, like, and the problem is, is Ben Simmons brings the opposite. Yeah. He brings rebounding, assists, and defense. So. Yeah. It's not really a good fit, but it would just be nice to have a Comes, superstar. It, it
0: becomes the, probably the best defensive front court in oh. in the league. Oh, by far, with Robinson and Simmons together, sure. and then you tack. I think like it's it's he's such a fun matchup guy too that yeah. I could play him at the one. I could play him at the three. I could play him at, like I play Brooklyn. I'm playing him at the three. He's guarding Kevin Durant all night. Okay, right. I I'm playing against. I'm playing against the Bucks. I'm putting him at the 4, he's guarding Giannis. Okay. Right. I and then I have to travel out to, you know, I have to travel to Golden State or I'm putting him against Steph or Clay. I can You can I, stretch I feel him. you can put yeah, him anywhere like, on the floor defensively. He he's so that's what so it needs also be a team that's deep that has the flexibility to put him anywhere but they can also refill at that spot. That's right. why Miami kind of makes sense, but at the same time for the asking price it doesn't.
1: I I don't like it's so weird because if this was like the NFL Mm-hmm. He'd probably just get cut. Yeah. Like you would just reach a point where you're like we're not we don't want to deal with this. Round Zodell cut. Right. Go but on. it but it's they're not going to cut him and they're going to hold on to him. And I don't know what they're I just don't know. I, it's the, the bottom
0: line is that he goes nowhere until they decide that they want to actually talk to a team about trading. Trading him. Because asking for James Wiseman, Andrew Wiggins four first round picks is
1: just
0: That's not that's not you talking trade. That's like we, he wants to request a trade and we want to talk to somebody, but we don't actually want to trade him. So right. we're going to ask for like, uh, it's, there's no comparison you could throw on it. I was right. going to try to, but
1: we're, we're getting tight for time here. Yeah, I figured at, we were We so. are at two hours here. Um, our question of the day for NBA is pick one college player to play all four years.
0: I'm curious to see what you thought.
1: Mellow. Carmel Anthony, four years. As a Syracuse, Syracuse fan, I think that's pretty four solid national day. championships, hands down. Okay,
0: overright then. I Let's... mean,
1: Jerry McNamara, that team, that team is just juicy right there. So
0: I had a couple guys that I thought were interesting. Mm-hmm. You brought up Kevin Durant off the mic. That's definitely an interesting one. That was one that I I think I told you was, um, he
1: would he would be number two on that list for me. Uh,
0: a guy for me. And so when I thought about this, I'm thinking like Maybe even a guy that was extremely exciting in college but didn't pan out in the league that we right. didn't get to see him much. Michael Beasley is a guy that came to my head, and that's not the case state to of me. Yeah. There is legitimate talks. It was not an asinine take at one point to say that Michael Beasley was better than Kevin Durant. Now, obviously, now that's insanity, insanity. But, but that, that was a debate to be had back in their college days.
1: And it would have been fun to see him play four years of Division One basketball. Oh, my God. Because his NBA career was just a wasteland. Yeah. I forgot to see him.
0: Kobe Bryant would be a guy, like, remember, he's talked about possibly going. Going to duke if he would have went to college i think mm-hmm. seeing him and coach k would have been that would have been electric electric to watch crazy um i, I think zion obviously any guy that's captured the hype of a year is a guy that i think i'd like to see i watch think for ben f-
1: simmons years. is on that list too
0: surprisingly enough yeah
1: to see him kind of develop a little bit more for another couple more years in lsu he wasn't like electric his freshman year yeah
0: andrew wiggins Another guy I would like to see play. Remember, he was being compared yeah, to Kobe Bryant. That's true. I, I watched a video. Actually, this is funny. I don't. It wasn't really intentional. Maybe it was subliminal. I watched a video like as I was working on the script, and it was like, like some of the most asinine like draft comparisons, or like one mm-hmm. of the worst ones of all time. And like uh, Stephen A. mentioned, the like or no, it was Colin Coward was like Luca doesn't hop off the page to me. Mm-hmm. And they're like, but Marvin Bagley—that's a guy. that has been that's a guy I'd take first overall. And oh, you're God. like, that's two for one.
2: Right.
0: And then, but like, there was uh, the one with Andrew Wiggins being compared to Michael Jordan. He was called the Maple Mamba at one point, mm-hmm. or not Michael Jordan. It was Kobe Bryant. But there's My- been some crazy ones. Out Michael there. Jordan's another one. Did he play two years? I think he played UNC? three actually. Three at, at UNC. UNC. So yeah. you know, I mean, you get an extra year. Yeah. um Who's your pick? Michael Beasley would probably be my pick to be 100 percent honest. Oh, with that's you. your lock. Yeah, that's pick. okay. That was the first guy that came to my head, and I was like, I've always liked Michael. The more I've watched Michael Beasley, like when he was in New York, I was like, I fucking love this guy. Like yeah. I don't know what it was. He's just a guy that captured me.
1: He always pops back up, and then like has like a good stint for a little bit, and then kind yeah. of falls. back. Watching
0: LeBron James would have been fun, but he would have went to Ohio State, and I'm like,
1: he's actually on the Shanghai Sharks, isn't he?
0: Who? Uh, Beasley? Michael Beasley, I think he's definitely in China. I don't know what team
1: he plays for. Oh, okay, um, I know that's like the meme team over there, but is I can't remember if it's uh, uh Jimmer for Dead or if it's Beasley that actually plays for him. One of them does.
0: Um, so he's actually okay. That is definitely not the Chinese Basketball League. I think okay. Michael Beasley, I think, is playing either in Spain or Mexico currently. Okay. Um, but Jimmer, I thought played for. Let's see. So Beasley played for the the Guangdong Southern Tigers was the Chinese team he played for. Um, He did play for the Shanghai Sharks from 2014 to 2015. Beasley did? Yes, he did. Okay, okay. That was in between his stints with the Miami Heat. Gotcha. His his second and third stints with the Miami Heat, yeah.
1: All right, we're five minutes over. We've got to wrap this up. I'll
0: take it, man. Still not a bad week. A great week of football that we had. A lot of surprises, but... Holy cow, next week is going to be a lot of fun.
1: Yes, it is. It's Um, going to be pretty good.
0: Yeah, so week 11 in the books, week 12 to be had, a lot of football to watch. Can the Suns continue their win streak? A lot of stuff to watch in the NBA as well. Um, Keep it locked with us. We got more BDL coming out this week, obviously. We'll have the own show out next week for you guys, episode 12. Until then, stay safe, stay healthy, have a good Thanksgiving. We'll see you guys next week.